Wake that ass up. It's the Beat Break Morning Show. The Beat Break Podcast. Sean Garvey. DJ Roland. DJ Roland, I saw you yawning over there, yeah. man. That is the fakest yawning I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> All good. Make sure you download the podcast ever map to your mobile devices, your iPhone, as well as to your Android. The podcast FM map, you can get it on BeatBreakRadioFM.com, which we are coming to you live. And we are also simulcasting on the Thinking Out Loud Network. Go to ThinkingOutLoudNetwork.com to check us out there as well. And while you are on the internet, follow us on all your social media at Beat Break Radio, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. You can also follow us at Podcast FM Now and at Beach One Network Podcast on all your social media. The architect, Sean Garvey, DJ Rollum, back in full effect like we always do right here on the Beat Break Morning Show. DJ Rollum, how is everything going with you, sir? Everything is going great. Um, found out that by the end of this year, my son will be technically taller than me. That is what's up. Yeah. That is uh, well, I'm so happy. That, I know. That is, that is what's up. <laughs> yes. Literally. <laughs> now, how, how tall are you for those that are not aware? How tall are you? I'm 5'11", and he is technically uh, 5'10 and, and three quarters. And um, by uh, end of this year, he should be about six feet. Because remember, 5'12 is six feet. Mm. So if it ain't late this year, early next year, right. he'll be six feet. And, wow. and I've told many folks, and they still don't believe this, I'm technically the shortest male in the family. What? I'm the shortest I, I don't, male. I don't believe you. I don't. <laughs> I, 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 don't. I am. And the tell you, it's like, what? You, you tall too? I like, I know. But I'm the shortest male. I'm not six feet. Everybody else is averaging at least six feet. Well, I feel like, I, I mean, I can kind of, understand where you're coming from because sometimes I feel like I am the shortest person in the family because you know being that I have a lot of cousins that are like siblings to me I'm the only mm -hmm. child but I have a lot of cousins where when I was younger much younger as a kid I was taller than most of my cousins there were only one cousin of mine that was taller than me and everybody else but second to him I was taller than all of my cousins. Mm. Now, fast forward, all of the cousins are taller than me now. Wow. That is crazy. It is. It is. That's. I mean, it's it just is. like saying, you know, when you was a kid, you know, whether you was a sibling or a cousin, and you was much taller and older than that person, you'd be like, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to beat your ass. Mm -hmm. Now they can beat my ass. Right. <laughs> and Sean has brothers and already he's taller than both of them and they're older than him so they already told him I don't care how tall you get still gonna beat your ass <laughs> you know so right 
Yeah. Hey, so I wonder what that what is. I wonder what that is going to look like if we are in an outing and your son <laughs> comes along and it's me, you, him, and it could be a few other people that are shorter right. than him. I wonder what that is going to look like. Are, are they do you think that people are going to mistake him for being your dad and you like the son or how how is that going to work? Well, unless he get a haircut like me, I'm, he's going to be definitely distinguished by himself. <laughs> That's the only way. Uh-huh. We got to keep that boyish he look. Ain't, he ain't getting rid of his hair. He is not getting rid of it. He loves it. We got to keep that boyish look on him. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. He said he's not going to try to grow a beard, even though he's growing facial hair and all that stuff. He said, Dad, uh, I need to start shaving. I said, I'll, I'll teach you how to shave. But he, he ain't get, I mean, I had more hair than him when I was his age, so... It, it is what it is, and um, he ain't ready for that yet. Yeah. But, but I'll make sure he'll be ready before he goes off to college. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he right. is college-bound. Only, yep. only a couple of more months, right? Uh, just another year. Just another oh, year. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't know why I'm thinking that this was his last year in high school. No. He has one more. One more. So he got to get over that hurdle. <laughs> 2022 is going to be a very beautiful year. That's what I expect. 2020 was very interrupted because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I ended it right with my proposal. And 2021, we we're working on finances and stuff like that to get ready for next year. So... On both ends, um, my uh, units and getting ready for him to partake into him being a young man on his own. So he's a little afraid, but he knows that I'm guiding him um, pretty much um, on what to do and what to look out for. I can't say every single thing, but at least he has an idea of what to um, expect. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, that's good. You know, mm-hmm. that's good that he, you are preparing him for the real world. Mm-hmm. And I think judging by his aura, because I got to know Sean, young Sean, I grew up with him. It's like he's been, we've we seen him grow up in front of our own eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think he's yeah. going to be just fine. Yeah, he'll he, be just fine. Yeah. He'll if he just be. stay away yeah. from the college girls. More likely, yes, because he already <laughs> said he's not going to allow not one female mess up what he's trying to do. He already said, I ain't planning on having kids till I'm in my 30s. I want to have a life in my 20s. Yeah. Like, good. That's a that's a good quote. You should put yeah. that out there on social media. For real. Yeah. Tell that to the other folks. Yeah. Tell that to the, to the uh, 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 future, whatever y'all want to be. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Can y'all know. really say that and stick to it? Right. Because Sean usually sticks to what he says. Yeah. That's why we made him as producer of the Jeff is Moody show, which you can check out three to six in the afternoons on Beat Break 87 FM. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what's up, man. Well, I'm happy for young Sean. Definitely happy right. for him. Definitely happy. Uh, So let me tell you about something that happened to me recently. And I meant to talk about this on the last couple of shows, but... I was in bed one night and I by was yourself? by myself. By yourself? 
Yeah. I, <laughs> I was in bed one night by myself. <laughs> Which I still am. I am still am. <laughs> yeah, I am still in bed by myself. And I was about to entertain myself. Let's just say that. I won't really go into too much specific or too much details. But right. I was about to entertain myself. I was like, you know, hey, what the hell? I don't have to get up extra, extra early in the morning to go do what I got to do. So I was like, okay, why not? All of a sudden, it's late at night. It had to be maybe like after 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I see sirens outside. Oh, boy. Red and blue lights flashing. And, you know, you try to do what you got to do to go to sleep. <laughs> but you cannot help but to see these red and blue flashing lights <laughs> that's keeping you from going to bed. So I was like, okay, let me check it out and find out what's going on. Okay. So outside of my apartment, there were police cars and an ambulance outside. Hmm. And they were outside of my unit. True story. And I was like, you know, the first thing I was, the first thing coming to my mind, DJ Rollins is, oh shoot. What did I do? What did I do? Second thing is, oh shoot. I'm black. <laughs> that should have been the first thing. Like, oh shoot, I'm black. And then second thing, what did I do? Well, uh, so I get dressed and I had to get dressed because I had no idea what was going on. And if one of the officers was going to come to my doorstep, because they were literally like outside of my door, DJ Rollo. Mm. Right. They were not across the street or whatever. They were outside of my door. So I get dressed and I open up the door. And two of the officers just looked at me and I stared at them. It's like, okay, what's going on? And they didn't say anything. So that even, that made me even more nervous. I was like, okay, it seems like I ain't going to bed anytime soon. And plus it seems like I'm not going to entertain myself for tonight. Come to find out, come to find out that they were actually going to another unit of the apartment complex. So they were in the wrong location. They were not literally in the wrong location. They just happened to park their vehicles outside of my place, in front of my place, to go to another unit. Last your area with all these blue and red lights, but they're going about maybe four doors down and whatnot. Yeah. Mm. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I, you know, because you, had, I was thinking for like a good 11, 12 minutes of what was happening. I didn't know if I was going to go to jail or, I hate to say it, but be another hashtag. I don't know what, like, well, how are you going to hashtag a radio personality? How are you going to do that? If they believe you did something wrong, yeah, they're going to figure something out to make it uh, 
uh, worthy to say uh, you did not uh, oblige by the law for some reason. I'm like, what? What exactly did I do to have you uh, intimidate me that I did something wrong? Mm. Just because I'm a man, black man, and I'm just in my own place that I actually pay rent legally. I don't have any other substances in here. So there's no probable cause to enter in my residence. So why do I need to feel that I'm a target? Well, damn, you and, made it you made it sound too dramatic, DJ Roland. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like- you just don't know. You don't know. And by you living in a, a district that has a lot more uh, Caucasian cops, Cobb County, Caucasian cops, Cobb County, compared Georgia, to yeah, compared to where I live, I have to deal with uh, you, yeah, APD. you, yeah, you, you in the hood, you, you pretty much in the hood, man. Yeah, I mean, I deal with with black cops. I mean, I, it's very rare. I've seen them, of course, I've seen Caucasian APD cops. But it's very rare to actually see them personally. Um, the ones that usually patrol in my area are black. Um, that's APD. Um, do I see other um, law enforcement? Yeah, but um, they're they are uh, Caucasian descent. But APD is has the higher jurisdiction on it because uh, it's an actual uh, Atlanta uh, street, Atlanta City Street. Mm-hmm. So, with you going through that, and um, it's like what I've seen, at least here, um, when a, a black APD, just my opinion, <coughs> excuse me, with my opinion, um, APD has what they usually do is try to de escalate the situation. I've seen them um, um, recorded. Uh, and what that's what they try to do um, is trying to de-escalate the situation. I'm not saying white cops can't do it, but has it been really recorded that they usually do? Because usually the ones that have the uh, the stigma is that when white cops deal with black um, suspects or people in question, whatever the case may be, is always deadly force used. When when it comes to a black cop. Um, they try to de-escalate the situation. Now, I ain't saying all black cops are good because um, they got this thing going on in North Carolina. I don't know what races they are. They haven't posted them yet. But um, that's why I'm. I feel pretty much okay with APD, in my opinion, for my for my standards and whatnot. Yeah. Um, that's just my opinion with that. I have really no issues with a- APD here um, in Atlanta. And whatnot. It's just when you go to the outskirts, is the different story. Uh, the only other ones that come close with APD is is uh, the cab, because uh, they have a lot of um, black officers over there as well for a county unit. Um, that's just my opinion. I mean, you know, everyone has their right to their opinion of, of what's happening. But with your situation, when you're, I would say, you're back to your quote unquote entertainment time. They interrupted. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I was I was waiting for you to go. <laughs> I was waiting I for mean, you to take it hey, back. I mean, I was waiting it for you to come back it, home. Is, man. is it is entertainment time? You know, yeah. hey. 
Anytime. Uh, some, make, some folks call Anytime. it happy time, you know. <laughs> man, they just interrupted the situation, man. But no, but you know what? It would have been worse. It would have been worse. It would have been worse if I had a friend over. Oh yeah, they're like wait a minute, God dang it, man! <laughs> just like in the movies and in the shows. Oh, but I got something for you. Here's this: if it was lights. Could you have pretended it was a a, a strip club or something? Hell to no. A strip club. <laughs> a strip, yeah, they got lights. I mean, a strip club outside got, as long of as an they apartment. Doing the sirens, or, and then the sirens might have been all right. <laughs> a strip club outside of my apartment, DJ Roland. <laughs> maybe I'm in my dreams. To think visually, maybe to get the in my together. dreams, yes, but in reality, <laughs> no. Hell to okay. the no. Yeah, right, right. Because I thought the lights could have hit the room right. They're like, hey. <laughs> but hey, you got to do yeah. what you got to do. Hey, I mean. bro. But how long yeah. did it last? How long did that. Um, I think it was about a good. Um, I think it was a good 30, 45 minutes. Dang. Yeah. So did, did you able to. Get back to the entertainment. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Once it died down, <laughs> I was able to resume my activities. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. man. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> and that then that's all, folks. But yeah, your boy. That's all, folks. That that is all, folks. But yes, your boy did not become a hashtag that night, and I did not okay. get arrested, so everything is all good. Every, everything good. is all good, man. Uh, but you 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 brought up something that was very interesting about the different places in the outskirts of Atlanta nowadays, and mm-hmm. I came across this article online about a potential new city in. I guess you could say it's within the city limits or within the perimeter of Atlanta. We all Mm -hmm. know as Buckhead. And there is Mm -hmm. a new proposal that is on the table right now uh, from city officials to make Buckhead an actual city called Buckhead City. And there's... there's, uh, (laughs) There's information out there uh, or, or speculations, I guess you can say, for the most part, of what this, and I'm using air quotes here, of what a potential Buckhead City will look like. And believe it or not, DJ Rollum, uh, this happened recently. State lawmakers introduced a bill last month that would carve out the community from Atlanta and make it a separate city, calling it Buckhead City. Supporters of Buckhead Cityhood say they want more local control over issues like crime and infrastructure, but critics say the move is diversive and wouldn't fix crime. Right. I Isn't think it? that probably I, I think that would be a bad move, in my opinion, um, because Buckhead is probably one of the or the main noticeable richest area in Metro Atlanta. And and I know by uh, me traveling through Buckhead, I would uh, 
or even cars that don't seem to fit the, the quota uh, being in, in the right neighborhood will be targeted a lot, in my opinion. Um, that, that, that's what I fear. I really fear that. That's what's going to happen, that a lot of people can get targeted being in the wrong neighborhood. This is Buckhead, and you cannot just drive in there just to be driving and whatnot. And that's what I fear is going to happen um, in the near future if this goes through. So when you're in a rich neighborhood and you don't have the car that fits the mold, and, that, and, and then sometimes what some people do regardless, no matter what neighborhood, you're going to blast the music. A lot of people are going to get targeted for the wrong reasons. And I think instead of um, crime being reduced, it's going to be more of a targeted area of people of different colors. Um, very few, I'm saying they don't do it, you know, Caucasians do it as well, but we're going to be more targeted in my opinion. So unless you have a luxury car mm-hmm. or a substantial type of car that fits the mold of the Buckhead area, um, you're going to get targeted. And I think to me, I'm not saying they don't have it. I think if they have a more of a neighborhood watch going on there, um, probably that will help reduce some of the crime. But I mean, they yeah. want to put more money out in, in trying to have an actual city and then get in the police department. That's going to be more money put out. So to save money, that's what I would think you would like to do, um, is have a neighborhood watch. So... I, mean, I don't know what to make of this, DJ Roland, to be honest with you. I'm from Atlanta. You technically are from Atlanta, even though you are Baltimore-born. But mm-hmm. but I don't know what to make up, make out of this. We, we didn't have these issues 20 years ago. You didn't hear about these issues coming out of Buckhead. You only heard stories from Bankhead. Right. Because it got turned up in Bankhead. All the time. Like, all the time. Now, Buckhead. I mean, like I said. The infrastructure. Can, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, to piggyback on what a colleague in radio of mine said on social media recently, that it seems like it's more safer to go to a Greenbrier Mall these days than it is to go to Lenox Square. Because I told I you think, I told you my story of, of what happened right. to me and my mother when we went to Lenox Square on her birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My thing is this. Um, people think you take in those um, quote-unquote uppity areas for granted, thinking nothing's going to happen because you're in a richy area. They shouldn't, you shouldn't expect that. Um, people are jealous. That's, that's one of the main problems in, in when they rob folks. They're jealous of what someone else has and they want to have it they'll take it by any means necessary because they think they deserve it they want to take it even for their own self for their ownership or sell it to get some money um instead of uh working hard for it um i mean (laughs) it's it's a trip how people think that they can get away with stuff I mean, there's so many things coming to my mind of, of 
why people try to get over for. Um, I mean, unless you're making an impact to help the community, why are you trying to gain so much? What's the point? And people are going to talk because if you try to um, get something that you know that doesn't belong to you and you didn't, and they know your work ethic and you just get it, somebody's going to notice something that's going to say something that's going to be like, what, you told on me? Why? Uh, because I know you. So I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, just- it's, it's, it's a trip, man. It's, I just hope it doesn't happen. It doesn't need to happen. And the infrastructure is getting crazy. I mean, you already took out the clubs in the late 90s, early 2000s anyway, because of the crime increase and whatnot. So do you really think having a police department, making it in our own city is really going to help? I don't think so. It's going to be, to me, worse. So, so, so there should not be a Buckhead city. Is th- no. that what you're saying? Okay. No. No Buckhead City. No Buckhead City. If it's if it was gonna be a Buckhead City, it'd have a Bankhead City. Yeah, that's right, because Bankhead is not really a city. No, like, it it's, ain't. It's, it's just, just an area, but it's I just think a, everybody yeah. knows about it's it. It's still Atlanta. History. Right. It's Atlanta, it's just West Side Atlanta. Right. If you're gonna do it like that, do it over there too. In my opinion. Would it help reduce the crime? No. Yeah, if you Being want a city, it doesn't always help reduce the crime. <laughs> Excuse oh, hey. me. The only uh, listen, one I'm, that um, I uh, think of is Brookhaven. Brookhaven, um, if everybody understands where Brookhaven is, that is just parts of it, uh, of North Atlanta and part of DeKalb County. Um, that little area, um, if you know where Beaufort Highway is, uh, North Druid Hills, um, Brightcliff Road, in that area, that's Brookhaven. Um, they, 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 it's a larger area. Uh, it's a much larger area compared to Buckhead. That's why I said that would not make any sense to me. Um, Buckhead is about the size of uh, East Point, if you look at it. College Park. Yeah. Doesn't you know people think like well East Point is next to College Park? Yeah, College Park is actually bigger than Buckhead, and College Park has their own police. Yeah, you gotta look at the the mileage, the per capita. It's a lot of more money in Buckhead, of course, but it no nah, no nah. just do your neighborhood watch and whatnot because y'all talk a whole lot more <laughs> compared to people and uh Bankhead, so. That's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like how DJ Rowland just giving our audience members the geographical aspect of Buckhead versus mm. Bankhead. I'm going to give you the, the the easy version. It's it's Bankhead is pretty much the hood and pretty much where, you know, the the trap and all the other hood stuff be happening now. Now, shout out to Tip. Shout out to Tip right, because he has <laughs> he has made some huge changes in that area, mm-hmm. right? And so, right. Buckhead, Buckhead is your upscale 
type of area for a lot of business people, CEOs, and even rich and wealthy families to live in that area. And, you know, if you are a college student and your parents got bank and they send you to college, you can get a place in Buckhead if they are also paying for your room and board. But now... With all the crazy stuff that is happening in Buckhead, especially in, in the area where Lenox Square Mall is, it, you know, people are looking at it differently. I, I told you, my mom and I, we went to dinner. We went on her birthday dinner to Lenox Mall. And going up in there was like going to Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. Wow. It was like going through TSA. You had you had a couple of police officers, security guards. You had the metal detectors. I had to take off everything. Well, I, I didn't take off my pants. I, I didn't take. I, I kept my pants on. I kept my shirt on and my jacket on. My mom kept her clothes on too, because God knows I do not want to see my mom without any clothes. Right, <laughs> and you don't need no entertainment time with your mom. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and um. So, yeah, and, and it was like going through TSA. It was like going through the airport all over again at Lenox Square Mall. And I was like, what is happening? It, it, when I went to AIU, which is short for American Intercontinental University, that was the school that I went to before my radio career went to the next level. I used mm-hmm. to go to Lenox Mall. Like, that was the hangout spot walking from AIU, walking from the college campus to Leonard Square Mall. I would go there, go to FYE when it was there, when you had your record stores, go and purchase the uh, new Roots CD, purchase the Most Deaf CD, go to this place. You couldn't go to any store in Lenox Mall because it was just too pricey in some department stores inside Leonard Square Mall. You just couldn't go to any store or every store for that matter. Right. Yeah. But now it's a whole different type of vibe in there. I thought I, yeah, I thought because, I walked in there. I thought I walked in there, DJ Roland. I thought I walked up in there and I thought I saw a German Shepherd too. Probably so. They're making sure they don't, they don't smell anything that does not need to belong in there. And and uh, I just don't know why some folks still have the nerve to um, walk around with uh, uh, protection in a public place. I mean, do you feel that unsafe that you got to? bring a weapon um with you everywhere you go and all you're doing is it's just enjoying your time and, and 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 going to the store that you want and getting the things that you want and do you really need a weapon really do you feel that unsafe if you feel that unsafe you need to buy that on uh online and whatnot why why do all that and then and then then uh i just saw this on the other day <laughs> I just saw this on the other day, uh, and these two guys set this up. They set it up like this. They they about to start some beef um, at it in, in in different locations at a mall, different locations, getting loud and getting buffed up, and they about to go at it, and they playing um, uh, what's that game called? Uh, 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 Patty, what is what do you do with your hands? Like uh uh uh. And, oh yeah and, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember of it. You know, that little kid game. Yeah. And they were doing that. And I'm like, see, I mean, that's fine. But somebody might take it the wrong way and then t- 
take out that gun. For what? Man, we I are mean, in some we are in some crazy ass times, man. And uh I don't want us to get too too serious on this morning show to to discuss this part of the conversation. But we are living in some serious times right now. We we are. I am about to every time I step out of my house, I feel like damn, I need to get a bulletproof vest. I just need to go around and look like 50 Cent when he first came to the game with a bulletproof vest. <laughs> with a baseball cap. With a vest on too? No, he just, had, he just had the thug life chest. He just had the thug life chest. That's what I was... Okay. He didn't have the bulletproof vest. He had the thug life chest. Okay. okay. Or, the, or, or, the, or the, the thug life, not the chest. It wasn't on his chest. It was on his stomach, his abs. Right. Thug right. life. Right. Right. And he still, and he still got his ass shot. God rest the soul. I'm sorry. God rest. Too yeah, bad. yeah, but but yeah. I mean, the thing about it. I mean, not, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. It's like you got to be so extra careful just to do something so simple. And we already have this pandemic, and the pandemic is going to eventually um, be ended. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen sometime this year. Mm. But um, I'm still going to wear my mask up to at least to. I'll say up to next April. Um, reason why that's a special month of next year. Uh, but I believe that uh, that's when I'll probably talk, not really toss it, but not wear it as much. Um, but I'm still going to have it around me and whatnot. But it's it's just a trip that people not, they, they, they're selfish to me. I want this. I want to go on and get it. I don't care what someone says. And someone cocked me some attitude, I'm gonna um blast them. And I'm like, what's wrong with putting fists up? Like uh uh John Witherspoon, God Weston so uh said it in, in uh Friday, learn how to put your dukes up with um he was selling to his son Craig, you know, Ice Cube. Everybody's quick to pick up a gun, but stay getting their ass whipped. Mm. So what's the point of having a gun for? How does your life feel threatened that you need a gun? Just like that uh, that guy from um, Trayvon Martin's situation got his ass beat, but he's going to shoot him. George Zimmerman. George Damn, Zimmerman. I cannot believe yeah. I still remember his name. Damn. <laughs> I forget. He's I just know what people, happened. You just, he, he's one of those people that you just want to forget the guy's name. Right. I forget his name, but I ain't forget that situation because... Uh, Trevor Martin did his job. Dude was kept following him, and he whipped his ass, and then he gets shot. It doesn't get charged, you know. So I'm like, it don't make any sense whatsoever. But that's why people are quick to pick up a gun instead of getting their ass beat and going to the hospital, getting your wounds um, checked on and, and bandaged up and all that stuff. But you live to see another day. Mm-hmm. Cause you got your ass beat. Yeah. Wow. Well, true words spoken from DJ Roland. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Have you ever got your ass beat, DJ Roland? Yeah. Oh, and you're not Who afraid. You're not afraid to admit it. I ain't afraid to admit <laughs> it. Some some people I mean, who say. Now let me say this. In my dud, no. But as a child, yes. Oh. But uh. Um, what was her I name? Had to fight what was her name, DJ Rowan? What was her name? What was her name? 
I'm not going to go there. But the thing about it uh, is, is that, yes, I did. But okay. as an adult, I ain't had a fight. I mean, I, I uh, almost could have got in a fight. But I, uh, I mean, the last wow. thing that comes to my mind is that I was on, I was on uh, Tuskegee campus and I um, almost got in a fight. But, um, but that was it. Yeah. So that I mean that was the last time that was shoot that's over twenty years ago. So. Now now DJ Roland, he don't get it twisted, ladies and gentlemen. DJ Roland will bring that B more out when it's time to. He's a nice guy, very down to earth. He's just like me, you know. We have like the same kind of synergy, but DJ Roland can get turned up, and he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't get it twisted. Don't take the kindness for weakness, ladies and gentlemen. Got that right. Yeah. Because he will beat that ass. Beat that ass. Are we ass promoting? Young Sean. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Are we promoting violence on the Beat Break Morning Show this morning? <laughs> Are we promoting? Young Sean, he knows that what the next step could for me to be because he's seen it. He's seen it as he grew up. What his dad is potentially able to do. Yeah. Don't get it. Don't get me to that point. It's not Freddy. He, yeah. DJ Roland is not a killer, but don't push him. You got that right. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, before <laughs> before we go any further, I'm glad that you brought up Black Lives Matter because I gotta make a correction from the last podcast that we did. Actually, no, matter of fact, we're going to air later on in the podcast, we're going to air uh, some of the conversations that me and you have had surrounding mm-hmm. the ongoing Black Lives Matter movement. And in the segment, just to make a correction in advance, the young person who got shot and killed by police officers or by a police officer, his name is not Dante Smith. It's actually uh, Dante Wright. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dante Wright. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to make that correction. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. But we want people to stay engaged and stay tuned towards the end of the podcast uh, because we, me and DJ Rollum, talked a little bit about that as well as our special guest, Teos Wynn. Sometimes I call him Teos, sometimes I call him Teos, depending on the day. Uh, we're going to air that part of the show coming up a little bit later in the program. We may have to do an extended version of the Beat Break Morning Show, DJ Roland, because we just got a whole lot to cover. We got a whole lot to cover in the first, second, and third part of the podcast because we were supposed to have another special guest come on, but we have to reschedule him to a future episode. But to give you all a breakdown of what we got coming up on the Beat Break Morning Show, the Beat Break Podcast... Uh, We are going to air my interview with community activist Teos Wynn. Like I said, sometimes I call him Teos, sometimes I call him Teos, depending on the day. And and, uh, we, the first few minutes into our conversation, we are talking about Governor Brian Kemp. And for those that are not aware, or may not even be from Georgia, but not aware Uh, Of course, Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia signed a bill into law limiting 
how we go about voting. So as of right now, there is a voting law in place that has certain limitations in the law. So stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about that with Teos, a.k.a. Teos, when? <laughs> we got that coming up. Also, um, we we talked about a, a number of other things, too. We talked about the recent shootings of unarmed black men here in this country, which, of course, took place within the same time frame as each other. We uh, talked about that, so we're going to play that excerpt later on in the podcast. And we got to do a double tribute mix to two more fallen legends in our eyes in our eyes they are legends just like dmx which we'll get into in just a few moments um but yeah this has been a very very bittersweet month april today's theme is how many mcs must get missed That's the question. How many MCs must get missed, DJ Roller? And, and let me tell you guys that are listening right now on the podcast FM app and on BeatBreakRadioFM.com as well as Thinking Out Loud Network. I came up with today's topic stemming from a poem that I wrote recently about some of the rappers that we have lost over the years. And the name of the poem is, ironically, how many MCs must get missed? Now, if you remember the classic hip-hop song from back in the day performed by the great KRS-One, he did a song called How Many MCs Must Get This. So I decided to put a little spin on it and use my creative juices and rename it How Many MCs Must Get Missed. Because it just seems like nowadays it's either every other month or every other week somebody that we truly love or who is beloved in the community, in the hip-hop industry, they are either losing their lives to health problems or to gun violence. And these three artists, uh, one, one of the three is actually, um, we're still waiting for the autopsy of how this particular artist had died. But the other two, one was, of course, DMX overdose from drugs, unfortunately, gone too soon, as well as Black Rob. Uh, I, I hear in reports that it was from cardiac arrest. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and some other health-related issues. But, man, and, and, and the crazy thing about it, DJ Rollin, is all three of them are in their 50s. Yeah. Um, cardiac arrest that's what it is uh, the cardiac thing about arrest. it is um, personally for me I'm not that far from that that uh, age range that they uh, those particular artists passed away from um, um, my favorite uh, actually the guy who actually and instilled in me I ain't personally know him but it's just the words that he said uh, Jam Master J said do not get into this field of music if you're in it for the money because you well, if you're in it for the money you're not going to last long because you expect to get paid like crazy so you need to do it for the love of it so I, I followed that back in the early 90s because he said that in the interview 
and and sadly years later uh he did uh get shot himself um but the point is is that uh when you lose your life to violence or if you don't take care of your body um i don't care who you are i don't care how rich you are um money's not going to save you um it's all about what you're supposed to do on a try to do on a daily basis no trying to have too many bad habits like always smoking always drinking um not going to your doctor to check yourself up and everything. Um, I'm not saying to, to eliminate because some folks just do it, but they don't do it very hard. Because um, personally, I'm not a drinker. Have I drank? Yes. Have I had a drink this year? No. Um, have I had a drink last year? Maybe one. Um, before the pandemic started, it's probably the last time I had it. So it's been over a year. Um, it all depends. I mean, the thing about it is that we don't take things for granted. A lot of people, some or some people, or depending on, on who's on your social media post, if you wake up this morning, thank the the Lord above or whoever you believe in and whatnot, because your body is 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 still a temple, and and people gotta understand what temple means. Temple means that you taking care of what's inside because wherever you take care of what's inside, it's going to show on the outside. Um, when we saw DMX uh, recently in the past few months, we um, can tell that he gained some weight. He's been a slender dude most of the time that we've known him in his career, and he gained some weight, which is not a huge big thing, but you know, he's not you know, he, we, we weren't used to that, but he still want to bring the dog out. And he uh, always knows how to uh, freestyle and he always put a lot of Lord and, and God in his lyrics. And that's why I, me, I appreciate him as an artist because he can do it on, on a snap. And a lot of artists these days, to me personally, <laughs> can't do that. That's why I'm like, man, whatever. But that's another story. Right, so if right. you have the talent to do it, and and, and 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 the drop of a hat to do, you know what your your gift is, do it. And he knows what his demons were. He was trying to fight them, but hey, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But he knew, regardless of the situation, which was made sense. Um, God knows what I'm trying to do. And uh, that's what has happened to him. Um, with the other two, um, Black Rob and, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, well, actually, let's get into that right now. Uh, Shock mm -hmm. G, Shock G, Shock from G. Digital Underground, dead mm -hmm. at fifty-seven. I remember it wasn't even that long ago. Uh, one night, I went into another room in my apartment. I get this news notification and it said that shock g of digital underground dead at 57 and it came from a reliable source because mm -hmm. you know these days in the age of social media people put stuff out there and they run with it right there was a rumor 
prior to that story breaking, there was a rumor that he was dead. He was pronounced dead. But it didn't come from a reliable source. And I looked everywhere. I Googled it, and I couldn't get any type of accurate information whether or not Shock G was pronounced dead or not. Uh, and, and once I got that validation that that story was true, who was the first person I reached out to? I reached out to you. I reached out to you. Blew and I my told mind you, when you when you sent me that. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, man. I was like, DJ Roland, man, you would not believe this, bro. And, and I didn't even have a smile on my face. It was, I was very upset. Because yeah. this, I mean, first we lose our beloved DMX, and then we lose Black Rob, and now we lose Shock G of Digital Underground. Right. You know, and, and what what did you say when I told you that? Let the audience know your initial reaction when I told you that Shock G had died. Um. Prior to you telling me, um, telling me, uh, sending me that story, bless you. Uh, Thank you, person. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was saying to myself, please don't let another artist die too soon. Like, would have been a shock to me if um, somebody like Ron Isley or something like that passed away after he did a great performance on Versus with Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind & Fire. Because he's in his 70s, he lived his life. He lived his life very well, um, did his thing and whatnot. So to me, when you reach your 70s and 80s and all that stuff, you lived your life. You did great things. Mm -hmm. You passed on a lot of stuff. Anything to me personally is before 60, what did you do? Um, like, hopefully, in either, in either way, not getting shot or having bad health and whatnot. Mm. What, did, what really happened? And you sent me that uh, information about Shock G. I'm like, here we go again. And I'm so on the edge right now because I'm like, I'm keeping an eye, my 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 eyes right now is on uh, is on Chuck I mean, yeah uh, not Chuck D yeah, maybe Chuck like D. maybe well I don't see nah I don't think Chuck D no maybe no 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 I'm not saying because he's in his sixties and he has lived a long great life I'm more worried about I'm more worried about Flavor Flav than Chuck D uh, well yeah but see I, we all know about Flavor Flav and he's still hanging on. You know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, you gotta like Flavor Flav and even Bobby Brown. Right, like, dude. This man. I mean, yeah. all of them have. Look, we we we're not gonna dwell so much into what they did in the past and what have you. You know, but right. but you know, you hear these stories a lot about people doing some form of drug use or not taking care of themselves or or what have you. And they pass on, which, of course, is a part of life. Whether you are taking in drugs or not taking in drugs, you're going to still transition at some point in time in your life. Everybody right. is not going to live forever. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, and I and I said this to you in the same text when we were texting each other. I right. told you that there's only two things that we are guaranteed. I think there's more than two things, but the first two Guar- are tax- those two main guarantees: the two, the two, two. taxes and death. Right. Those are the two main things that are going to happen to each individual living on this planet. Right. You're absolutely right. And that's the thing. Um, yeah, like we're not going to dwell on that and whatnot. But the thing about it is I'm like, God. Um, like some what some uh, people have done uh, um, was social media. I know Facebook is very famous for this. They have these games that sometimes they can almost predict when you're supposed to die. I personally don't like playing that. Um, some people do think it's going to happen and what's going to be said on their tombstone and all that. My thing is this, what am I doing today to live the best day of my life? Yeah. And uh, that's why I don't like trying to overwhelm myself with a lot of stuff. Because I like to make sure stuff is actually uh, being uh, fulfilled and being accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, stop putting stuff at the very last moment to do it. Um, try not to. Now, I'm not saying it ain't going to always happen, but I try not to. And just it's just live live my life. I mean, I'm like, am I happy? Yes. Was I happy before Tanya? Yes. Uh, I believe I will have the greatest life. And it's always going to be bumps in any life that you decide to do when you live with someone, um, wherever he or she is. Keep that in mind. Yeah. But um, just make sure that you're happy. Make sure you're able to do stuff on your own to make you happy. Yeah, like entertaining yourself at night before the police comes. <laughs> before the police said any type of medical. Man. I'm like, hey, I got the, I got the atmosphere. <laughs> I'm just That's saying. I'm looking at like, did you have the atmosphere? You know, and <laughs> like, hey, Strickland, right. hey, uh, too bad I ain't got no, no dolls or, or or any fake thing I can use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah. uh, yeah, um, just take one day at a time, y'all. Take one day at a time. Tomorrow's never promised to anybody. Not to myself. Not to Sean Garvey. Not to to uh, you, the listeners and viewers, this it's not promise. Just make sure you do what you're supposed to do. Try to. I know some some circumstances it ain't gonna fall the way you would like to, but try to keep that in, at least keep it in mind. Try to live the best day that you possibly can. Right. And stop worrying about what someone else says or 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 does. You know, if they is. If they don't appreciate who you are, keep them at a distance or get rid of them. Yeah. Period. Yeah, man. Yeah. I wouldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah. Shock G, famous for a digital underground hit song, The Humpty Dance, and his work with Tupac Shakur, who was a original member of Digital Underground, was found dead recently last Thursday in a hotel room in Tampa, Florida, according to his father. Uh, But yet still no word on the actual cause of death. But it became a a very huge shock to many of us in the hip-hop community. I mean, here was a guy 
and his group, Digital Underground, known for the Humpty Dance and, and a great, great anthem that radio stations and other media platforms still bump to this very day. I've heard several radio stations, local radio stations in Atlanta, bump the song, the Humpty Dance. And they were also famous for other songs too, other hits like All Around the World, same song. You know, and then they even collaborated with, of course, their original member, Tupac Shakur, on I Get Around. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, th- th- you know what? I was thinking the other day, listening to Digital Underground. Uh, I don't like to do too many comparisons when it comes to the older generation and the new generation when it comes to hip hop. But some of us can argue by saying that Digital Underground is kind of somewhat equivalent to a group like, say, the Migos? Would that be a fair statement? I think no. it would. I think it would be. No. I think it would, but here's, here's, here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Now, of course, Digital Underground, Shock G, and the other members, they were not mumble rappers. But people who grew up listening and knowing digital underground from back in the day some will say that they were rack rappers they were the complete opposite from a run dmc they were the complete opposite from the sugar hill gang public enemy mm-hmm. eric b rakim all the other groups epmd they were they were opposite hell beastie boys they were the complete opposite of all those groups from back in the day. You know, when, when I saw the video as a child and I said to myself, oh, this is corny as hell. This is corny. I mean, I, Shock G with the big ass fake nose, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, right, and I'm gonna tell you why you I really said, and I'm gonna tell you it, why they are equivalent to Migos right after DJ Rollins' point. People forget that, did you know, if you really understand them, they were like the second great group from the West Coast. Parliament was first. Digital Underground um, started their their careers on the West Coast to bring flavor that is not heard. Think about it. Like I said, they're the second great group coming out of the West Coast after Palomar. Palomar came out in the 70s. Um, and they and got their phone. Of, yep. Right. They got their, that's, their phone and style. They, and that's yep. why you could use the comparison of those two groups is if you really think about it, that's how they developed their particular sound. They don't sound like Palomar, but if you really get into it, that's where they but that's where is, they were yeah but this is where the migos come in right so one of their songs is called walk it like i talk it mm-hmm. they did a video dj roller with jamie fox in the video paying homage to soul train and they performing on soul train that was kind of like a a reminder of them paying homage to everything old school including old school hip-hop in which you expressed that on the other part of the podcast recently Mm -hmm. old school hip-hop 
Like the Migos, I you know what? When the Migos first came out, I was not a fan. I'm I'm not about the trap life or the trap part of hip hop. But at the same time, you know, as I kept listening to their music and looking at how they evolved, even as solo artists, I'm like, you know what? They have created a culture for real. I guess that's why they named the, they, their first album Culture. Because they have created a culture. They have created a movement by music that part of the world may have not been into at first. But then as you kept seeing their continuity and their consistency, and it started, you know, just that whole thing of that music being stuck in your head. You're like, you know what? I'm kind of digging the Migos. I'm kind of digging the Migos. You, you know what I mean? They're not, they're not the the most profound hip hop group of our culture, but you can see some of Digital Underground in Migos. Okay. On a couple of songs. I know I'm crazy, ladies and gentlemen, but just On hear me out. On a couple of songs, but <laughs> as the as a whole, no. <laughs> a couple of songs is one thing, but as a whole, no. You, you, that 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 I don't feel. Um, the newer generation of music is taking a whole new toll on how society acts today. That's just my opinion, and that's how a lot of stuff. I know DJ uh, Ron, you're not, you're not with the new stuff. I know you ain't with the new ish. Nope. I know I'm not with all of the new ish either, but I can definitely listen to Amigo song just as much as I can listen to a Digital Underground song on the way to wherever I'm coming from, going to or going from. I I, I take Migos any day over some of these other artists that I cannot tolerate. I can tolerate well, I can tolerate I'm, some. I'm, I'm, I can I'm tolerate some. Make it a stand. I'm I'm tolerating that because Oh yeah, you yeah, you I, like I that Texas. You like that Texas ass. That's what it is. <laughs> you like that Texas ass. I love her flavor though. I love her flavor. I mean, you know, 21 Savage, um I'm 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 sort of cool with him. I mean, I'm not saying I don't diss Migos, don't get me wrong, folks. I do not diss Migos and whatnot, and and it's just a lot of the new school flavor. I'm just not by me being a DJ, being a DJ all these years and whatnot, and they have a the new school has a lot of unique flavor right now. My thing is this: Can y'all stop making these less than three minute songs? <laughs> That's my first thing. I mean. <laughs> Y'all songs are so daggone short, it's ridiculous. Hey man, that's the, hey, that's the that's the wave now. The I know. one the the one minute and fifteen second song, yeah. that's the wave now. I'm like, come on. It ain't I what mean, it used he, to be. He, I mean, you you y'all put a lot of uh, a, a lot of time into these less than three minute songs, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so you when you put an album out. You know, it's not even an hour. <laughs> hey man, that's the, I'm saying, that's the new wave. Like Jacquees and Miss Mulatto got a song out called "Freaky as Me." I believe that's what it is. "Freaky as Me." That's a short ass song. 
that's a very short song uh you know of course little baby came out two years ago with that song with drake was it two years ago yeah two years ago that was a short ass song yeah I mean, the only one I'm rocking right now, I love, I mean, I really like it. I don't love it. I just really like it. It's Crybaby. I, I, I like Crybaby. That's the one with the baby and Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, man. Hey, man. I, hey, I'm just, I'm just saying, she, 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 she put it out there, man. <laughs> You put it out there like like Jill like Jill from Just a Touch of J said put it out there in pieces put it all out there mm. in pieces. Um, but God. back to back to Digital Underground Shock G. Mm. Yeah, you know you may look at the group and be like when you first saw their videos and when you first heard about them you yeah you know you was like nah I ain't feeling them nah nah. But as they kept making music and radio stations kept playing them it, it just gets stuck in your head and you'd be like man you know what this is not even bad at all it, it's kind of like the whole little nas x effect when little nas x came out with the song old town road at first i was like oh hell to the no hell to the no right no i was like uh-uh, no good comparison i like that now you, you know, did it but but you know kept hearing it over and over and over again i was like oh okay I can dig that. Now, I'm definitely not feeling the song that he recently put out there, which I understand people's uh, feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the video, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I wish he could have went about it in a different way, but it is what it is. It's for shock value. I understand. Um, but this that this is where music is at right now. And, you know, unfortunately... Losing someone like a Shock G in this industry, it's it hits you hard because artists like Shock G remind you of how music was back in the day. It wasn't just sitting down and making beats off of your beat maker machine. Like they put a lot of time, effort, musicianship into making songs like the Humpty Dance and all around the world, same song. Like they put a lot of time into that, which we don't do in music these days. Think about what Tupac did. I'm not. I'm not taking off a of shock, G. But think about what Tupac did before he passed. Dude, if he wasn't out clubbing, dude was in the studio. Dude was in studio. I would say 80 percent of his of his time. Because if he wasn't out you know, like I said, clubbing or anything, he was in a studio. He finds a studio and makes sure that he puts out the best stuff he could possibly make. That's all he wanted to do. Mm. He wasn't out trying to worry about spending money. He was worrying about trying to make sure he has a legacy of music that will last a lifetime. That's why people was like saying, is he still alive? when other stuff was coming out and and that's what uh shock g has done um because when by me as a dj and researching some of his music a lot of stuff a lot of folks did not know about and when you hear it you're gonna be like that's him yes okay so you're gonna be totally shocked on a lot of stuff that this man along with digital underground has done 
Great segue. I got a huge question for you, a million-dollar question. All right. If it wasn't for Digital Underground, would there have been a Tupac? Not as fast. Not as fast. Tupac used, in a, in a good way, used the group to help get on the platform. Could have he had done it without them? Yes. It wouldn't have been as early. Mm-hmm. Someone would probably have had to hear him somewhere else. So instead of um, Brenda got a baby, he probably would have done it somewhere else um, to get his recognition started. So I think it would probably have been a year or two year difference before he got out there because he would have got out there regardless because the talent was there. So the talent has always been there from the beginning, and he just had to have a platform to help get on there. Because remember, he was part of Digital Underground. He never main, um, did uh, headline a show. Because anytime they went on tour, it was always Digital Underground. It was right. never Tupac and Digital Underground. Yeah. So would have had it. That's a year or two year difference. I think I agree. I, I will agree to that. I think the timing would have been different. And I also think that if Tupac have not gotten on Digital Underground or, you know, if Digital Underground didn't exist, of course, Tupac would have had to go through the rigmarole, which he, of course, had to do to get on a label or what have you. But like you said, it would have not been fast. It would have took some time. And I honestly think because of the timing of things, if time was different, I don't think he would have not gotten on death row. And we probably would have not had to see the demise of Tupac. Um, I disagree. You disagree? I disagree. The reason why he was on death row. The reason why he was on death uh, row because he was in prison. Right. And he needed Shook to get Knight out. Shook Knight saw something. Shook Knight saw something in him. And he definitely would have, he basically headlined Death Row as he brought in um, Dr. Dre and Snoop. That's because Shook Knight was to make it the biggest record company in the world. And he needed all type calibers on top of that. If he could have got Ice Cube, he would have got Ice Cube. Cause that would that would have killed it as well, if he had got Ice Cube. So Ice Cube knows knew the game and didn't want to get on that game, and whatnot. So Dre and Snoop wanted to do something a little different, and they know they need a pocket on that, and that's what they did. I I disagree. Okay, I disagree. Here's why I say I disagree, and the timing because, like you said. It was too fast when he was on Digital Underground because he was already on. He wanted to go solo, and that's what he got, and it snowballed from there. But the timing would have been different because we know in the recording industry, in the music industry, when you are an artist and you don't have a backing, it's going to take you long to even get on a major label. And if you are signed to a major label, sometimes people, label executives and people within that record label are going to shelf you. 
And you probably won't even come out with an album maybe until five, six, seven years later. And we've seen that happen with so much talent artists. Like Anthony Hamilton, he said that it took him years to even put out his first album when he was signed to So So Deaf. Mm-hmm. Or Columbia Records or whatever label he was signed to at first. Same thing with DMX. DMX came out in 1991-1992 in which we'll get into DMX in just a few moments and I'm glad that I'm bringing his name up because this is very important to a lot of artists that are listening to us as well <coughs> DMX didn't get on until 1992 right or he didn't come out, out as a rapper until 1992 and he did music of course with earlier artists Mike Geronimo you remember Mike Geronimo and this is like something I did not knew especially with us being hip-hop junkies, we, we learn something new every day. He did earlier songs with Mike Geronimo and Ja Rule and Jay-Z way before he did his thing with Def Jam. Look how long it took DMX to finally, finally get on. We didn't hear about this dude until 1998, and he's been in the game way longer than that. So I say that with Tupac, he would have came on probably later on, maybe like after I would, if I had to do my guesstimation, I would say probably after 1997, 98. You think that long? I, I think so. I think it would be that long. I really nah. do think I'd be, because here's the thing with going back to death row, right? Not only that Tupac was on death row, it was also Dr. Dre and Snoop. Right. Snoop would have been that Tupac. I guarantee you. All the songs Drake that Drake... probably pushed him to be like that Tupac. Absolutely. Song. Absolutely. And Snoop mm-hmm. is just as iconic as Tupac, but I think a lot of the songs that Dre was producing for Pac, it more than likely would have went to a Snoop. And if not a Snoop, mm-hmm. then somebody else that Shook Knight could have signed to Death Row. And trust me, there are Rappers come a dime a dozen each day. They come a dime a dozen each day, DJ Roland. Mm. And I think with Pac, when it came out later, you know, he still would have made some great music. But I think guess, the thing, guess who, I, think, I mean, I, I, think I hear what things, you're saying. I'm not really disagreeing. But guess who probably would have helped push them out? And you didn't say his name. And I was wondering if you were going to say his name. Who? Q. Q would have done something. Q, but Q was focusing on doing his own thing. I mean, he had too much going right. on. He had was act- he established when he made his his first solo album when he mm-hmm. left um, NWA and whatnot? He was dropping albums too. At, but when, yeah, but not when, as a when, solo artist. Not as a solo artist because yes, remember, as a solo artist. no, 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 yes. no, no. He was not only just a solo artist. He was also with West Side Connection. So with him, yeah, yeah, with he West did Side West Side Connection. Connection after he um he did West Side Connection after he put out two solo albums, mm-hmm. two or three solo albums before West Side Connection. Right, but but that's what Q, I'm saying. But Q he was... would have he would have helped Pac out during that time. I think um what was that? I think that Predator one or something. He would have probably done something because uh, you know Pac was more likely at at uh you know small venues and whatnot. He would have been out there, and and Q would have probably been hearing about him and whatnot if if he um, if if Suge Knight didn't get him while he was in jail or something like that, 
that's what I really believe. When he had that charge of, of rape and whatnot in New York. Mm-hmm. And that whatnot, rape charge, and, yeah. And, and uh, uh, if he ain't had that rape charge, and that's what, uh, according to the story, it, that really changed the uh, popularity of pop. So if he ain't had that that situation happen, I believe that's what uh, Cube probably would have done something because Cube was coming really big. He was on his second or third solo album during that time. That's what that's where it would have happened. That was 95, 96. No, no, not 95, 94, 95 time. That's when Cube was on the second, third album during that time. And if Sugar Knight didn't get him, I'm, believe me, I believe Cube would have done something. He doesn't say it because Cube is making sure that he don't lose his clout. Got to understand this, too. You know, oh, you know what? You know, I don't think Cube would have been the one to save him. Jo- Dr. Dre would have been the one to save him. Probably, yeah. Dr. Dre would have been the one to save there. him because Dr. Dre, yeah. Dr. Dre, I mean, he was the producer. He was, he was that dude. He was that right. dude, and if Pac came on later and came across Dre or what have you, look, he would have been signed to Aftermath, then Death Row. Right. He, yeah, Dre. He I mean, done Dre. something. It, it, it's, it's, it's all about all about timing. It was all about timing, and uh, that's what happened. And that's and I, that's why I can't leave Cube out of this because Cube would have done something as well. From his knowledge, he doesn't say it. I just believe he probably would have, but uh, I really think he would have. And and uh, we can't go back. You gotta go back to the original of, of what we're talking about with Shock G right. and everything. Um, the thing about it is that Shock G looked on him and like give, gave him a chance. The thing about it is a lot of folks um, depends on your your credibility is to give people chances and whatnot. Now, um, I've been in this game and DJing for many, many years, and and I'm not have really physically touched a turntable since the '90s, touched the wax or anything like that. Um, but if I had the opportunity to do a very big event, you know, um, I'm not downing myself. I know I can hang with the big DJs that are out there and whatnot. But way my mental thing is, I just start it up. I'll get the crowds ready, stuff like that. But I'm older now, and I just don't want to try to hold the whole thing. I'm not greedy and whatnot. I'm not greedy. And if folks start understand that, you know, as long as you're not greedy and trying to hold the show, and if you feel like a person that of talent can do his or her thing no matter what, let them do it. That's why you introduce them. You know, you let them uh, get the crowd hyped to do their thing, and and then you come in and, and handle the rest of the show. Yeah. Does that still go on? That's my question. I don't hear that a lot, especially in the last 10 or 15 years. I never heard that a lot, that someone, you know, we hear that maybe at a at a local venue, but on a real ticket, do you really hear that a lot? I don't think so. And that's what Tupac did. He was he started it up for Digital Underground, and he uh, uh, and Digital Underground did their thing because Tupac was the beginning of the show. So yeah. that's yeah. that's my thing, and I'm sticking to it. 
And uh, I wish more folks uh, do that. And uh, like we have, like you and I definitely have met so many artists that should be out on the mainstream, um, but they're not. And and if they give them a chance, you just never know, you know, in my opinion, because I'm like, they're great. They can hang. They can, they have the, the talent. Yeah. They had to go through three many of these little mm. young stuff. And I'm like, when I say young stuff, meaning like, well, they ain't really heard of you and all this stuff. I'm like, man, please. Amen. Put it out there. Listen, let me ask you something. How many LeBron James are out there? <laughs> how many LeBron, or, or better yet, how many athletes or basketball players that are out there that are 50 times more better than LeBron James? I wait. I wait. That's a different story. Okay. It's a different That's story, a different but story. it's a different story, but it's comparable to the music game. Right. I, it's comparable. I, I don't disagree with I you can, on that. It's I like, can name okay, you 50 okay, MCs. I got something. 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 Years ago, during, during that time, Shaq. Shaq was with the Los Angeles Lakers, along with Kobe. Won three rings. Everybody said, can Kobe do it on his own? Because they know they needed a Shaq to be there. Shaq left and got a ring down in Miami with Dwayne Wade. You know, so now everybody heard of LeBron. LeBron couldn't win in Cleveland. Went down there to Miami. Dwayne Wade took the back back seat and let LeBron be the showman. He got two rings. So it all depends. We in this game, you know, it's like with 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 uh, Megan Thee Stallion and all the the latest artists and whatnot. Um, sometimes you just you have to take a chance. Sometimes you have to take a chance and let some of these young guys, girl, young lady, female artists, whatever, come out and do their thing. As long as they have some popularity. Here's the thing too: you gotta have a following. A nice, good following. I'm talking about over 10,000 followers. If you have a great following amount of folks on social media that support you and and do this and do that, that's when you have more of an opportunity because the times have changed because we we didn't have that back uh, 20-something years ago, 30 years ago. We didn't have that. We we, we went on, on, have you been on the radio? Who has really heard of you? So now these days, if you may not have been on radio, but you've been blasting all over social media through Instagram, right. Facebook, Twitter, and all that. You got that great amount of followers. You have a better chance of getting on stage compared to if, have you been played on the radio? Nah, I ain't been getting on a commercial radio. I might have been on a community radio. You know, they looking at social media as being like, we, we'll know how known you are by social media uh, standards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can attest to that. Like, I, you know, especially coming from the industry where I have interviewed more than 50 artists. Or matter of fact, it seems like it's been more than 100 artists throughout mm-hmm. the span that I've been in radio. I've interviewed more than 50 to 100 artists in various genres, R&B, pop, rap, hip-hop, you name it. 
and they still are on SoundCloud. They still on YouTube. You know, we play their music all the time on our platform, Beat Break, Reach One Network. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I know there are singers out there that can sing 10 times better than some of these computerized singers. That's what I call yeah. them. And I know that there are great female rappers that out that can outshine or rap better than some of these stripper rappers. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I said it. I said it, ladies and stripper rappers. Stripper rappers. Are they are they stripping as they rap? <laughs> yes, they are. And we have seen it at the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah, you, you said it right. Shout out to Cardi B and Megan the Stallion. Right. All right. How many I'd rather deal with Megan the Stallion though than me personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm 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 not gonna even touch Cardi B. That's that's uh offset. That's offset. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, right, Amen. right. Amen. Uh how many MCs must get misses the show theme this morning or, or actually it's not the entire theme because we got some other stuff to get into during the duration of the beat break morning show if you're listening to us on beat break 87 fm in atlanta and you are also catching this podcast on thinking out loud network.com that's thinking out loud network.com let me put a bookmark into this conversation real quick dj roll them to announce some of the winners from this year's oscars the oscar 2021 i am happy to report that actor daniel kaluuya takes home oscar for best supporting actor as fred hampton in the movie judas and the black messiah Mm. daniel kaluuya from movies like get out which he played the main character, of course, that everybody loved. And uh, Black Panther, to name a few. So, yeah. Shouts to Daniel Kaluuya. This right. is, yeah. I think this is his first Oscar. If I'm not, maybe his second. Did he win an Oscar? Wait, let me check my research real quick. While, while I'm checking on that, um, also, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom wins Oscar for Best Makeup and Hair Styling including best costume design goes to Ann Roth for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So those are two Oscar wins so far for Ma Rainey's. Okay. Yeah. Mm. That is what's up. And of course the father wins for best adapted screenplay. That's the movie with Sir Anthony Hopkins in the film in which he is going up against actor the late actor chadwick boseman for best actor in a film best actor in a picture all right yeah man so that's some updated news for you oscars oscar 2021 happy to hear that uh so let's get back into the convo how many mcs must get missed and we are still mourning the loss of dmx it was yeah. two, yeah, two homegoing <laughs> services. Uh, well, it was a homegoing services or homegoing service, and then there was the actual funeral. I don't know which one to get into first. I, I want to get into the, <laughs> I want to get into the funeral because I watched that more than the homegoing service. 
I'm still going back and looking at highlights from the homegoing service. Of course, uh, the Rough Riders, Drag On, made a very incredible emotional speech in, in which part of his speech he was saying that he is nothing without this brother. Very powerful. Um, I mean, I, I didn't hear that part. The I, only thing I saw was really the pictures of him t- taking the casket with that. Uh, if you haven't seen it, all you got to do is just Google uh, DMX um, casket. And they, 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 that was probably one of the most beautiful, unique ways to go out. Um, you know, you're on a big Rough Rider um, Bigfoot type of truck and you have your Rough Riders and motorcycles, four-wheelers, all types of um, motorcycle type of vehicles following you. And hundreds um, looks like it, it was. I don't I didn't get an actual count that I found out, but um, to me that was unique and beautiful and whatnot. Because the reason why I say unique first, <laughs> excuse me, it's not the traditional. Everybody traditional is, is having a hurts and having cars follow behind and like how Biggie uh, when he passed in '97. You know, he had the traditional hurts and he rode through the neighborhood and the crowd participated in it by playing um, his music um, doing that. And and, and his mother um, heard it and heard his voice as they're going through the neighborhood. And they said they always going to love Biggie and whatnot. And with DMX, that's not the traditional one that you see is very unique by living his rough rider life. And and that and he lived to that to the going through the the crowds and stuff. And that was beautiful. Um nothing um to take away from what DMX has done on this side of the earth. He has done that and that's what he lived by. That's how he started off. Like and and with my mix, I have to say this that when he finally had his solo opportunity to do uh, his first uh, song, that's what you hear. Dun, 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 dun. So you hear that. Right. And that's what started it off. Um, but as Sean Garvey said earlier, he was rapping in groups and on parts of songs many years before he really got noticed on 4321. Because um, that's where I personally heard him first. But I heard him on other stuff too, but that's the real main song I really heard him first. That he has the talent. Why in the world nobody signed him yet? If they did, they ain't push it out there yet. I guess they getting the world ready for him. But that's what I was saying earlier about him coming out in 1992. And was it getting a lot of buzz? until 1998 in which he ended up becoming the first hip-hop artist on a major label to drop two solo albums in the same year and not just only two solo albums yeah. two platinum yeah. right solo albums right and on one of my songs that i played in the mix and a lot of folks 
said this, and he and he even put it on a song. I'm not Ja Rule. <laughs> a lot of folks didn't know he actually said he said that I'm not Ja Rule, and that's when Ja Rule was coming out too with Jay Z um, and whatnot. So I'm DMX is on his own. They kept saying even um, on uh, social media that he is one of a kind. That it will be no replica of him. It will not be. It you, will not you, you be. Can't, you can't. You, you cannot yeah. replicate um, replicate a, a DMX ever. Period. And and it should be like that. Who do you know that sounds like Marvin Gaye? Ooh, Who come, sounds come, like Michael Jackson? Come back to me on that. <laughs> Who sounds like Prince? have sounds there's a difference between sounds and the actual vocalist there's always going to be a difference with that yeah. you can always replicate a sound but the vocalist no mm-hmm. you can't it's like you can't replicate a dj roller you'll try but you're not you can't replicate a, a sean garvey you can try but you can't we have our own individualities our own sounds and whatnot, right? And that's why so many people love DMX because he was original. He wasn't trying to he very. He wasn't trying to come out being like another Nas or another Jay Z. Nah, nah, he didn't have that. He didn't have nah. that. But um, yeah, the 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 services. I saw both services. I I saw more of the funeral service than I did the homegoing service. By the way, his children are amazing. 15 of them. Even one of them is named Sean, by the way. Which I'm like, <laughs> that is so crazy. I'm not, no, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not claiming DMX to be my father. No, I am not one of his kids. <laughs> I am not one of his kids. Okay, even though sometimes, <laughs> even sometimes when I do my DMX impression, I may sound like DMX. Like, hey, what a, what a dog. What do they do? What they got a dog? What's going to be the root? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, I, I, no, DMX is not, not my father. No, that's, that's put, that's, that's not even put it out there like that. Here, but, here's another note on the, um, I'm sorry I had to keep talking about this, but it's the truth. I really put my, my heart and soul into this DMX mix. Not saying I don't do with the other mixes, but it's totally different with this one. I had to get a skip, a snippet of uh, of Dr. Phil, and and uh, when he was on there back in 2013, and he did us live. I didn't want to put the whole thing. I got a nice good snippet of it, and how basically, like I said earlier in the show, how he lives everything to God, and and, and you know he want to put everything to God, no matter what he is personally going through because he knows God is going to lead him the way. And, and to me, um, by him living the way he lived and whatnot, um, God took care of him. He, he, he is not, he's not struggling anymore. And we should never judge not any person on this earth um, on decisions that they decide to do for themselves unless it's going to hurt other folks. I have to specifically say it like that. If you make decisions that's going to specifically hurt other folks, yes, I will judge your behind. I'm using a, a person like Trump, 
he you, he looks at making decisions that's going to really hurt other folks. But that's another story. I was using that as an example. Yes. <laughs> DMX, DMX has done stuff and he did not do anything to harm other folks. We all know that and whatnot. He, and, yeah, he and, wouldn't even hurt his own dogs. No. Like, stop. Yeah, yeah. I heard one lady no. like, oh, I didn't care about DMX because him and his dogs, like, no, don't try to make him out like he's Michael Vick or somebody. Come on, please. No, 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 no. No, he knew what he was dealing with, and only him and God knew what was going on. Yeah. And whatnot. And and uh, uh, it was just time. You know, it's too still too early because I think he could have probably done some more um, unique stuff in the studio and whatnot. And maybe some acting. But, Possibly, some more, yeah. some more action films, or right, you know, some more right. other stuff, and, and finally you know, see him. Stay away from Sean. I mean, not now. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? This is the uh, the uh, the guy who who does the karate. Um, Jet Li, not Jet Li, the other guy. What Jackie uh, Chan? Not Jackie Chan. He's not Chinese. He's he's that quiet martial artist. Stay away from that other guy. I Who does martial arts? Yeah. Oh, okay. He was yeah. in the exit wounds. Oh, Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal, yeah. Stay away from him. <laughs> David. <laughs> Stay away from him. <laughs> That's just my thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. So back to <laughs> So back to the home going service. Once again, mm-hmm. just to reiterate, I didn't watch all of it. But um the kids are amazing. Uh, one of his children, his daughter, one of his daughters, did a remake to DMX Slippin', mm-hmm. which was very beautiful. It was very inspiring, very, very motivated. You know, she didn't bark or anything like her dad would do. You know, but <laughs> no, she didn't do all that. It, it was moving, definitely moving. Uh, nah, I said a few good words about him, his fellow co-star in the movie Belly, which I see, which I've seen a couple of times. I got the tape. I still got the tape to this very day. Movie Belly, Nas, DMX. Yeah, people still asking me, did Nas and T-Boss characters still live in Africa? I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, but DMX did a great job in that film. Really show his acting skills, of course. Uh, a, a good thing that his brother Swiss Beat said is that when someone dies like a DMX, it shows you, and I'm just paraphrasing what he said, it shows you who your real friends and family are. Because DMX wanted everybody around him when he was going through the stuff that he was going through. And everybody wasn't. And I felt that was very true. You know, it, it was kind of like at that time where we made jokes, we made comments about DMX and his run-ins with the law and his questionable antics. But Swiss Beats had a very great point. He had a very valid point. Uh, so did Eve, the, no- the locks, all the Rough Riders said a lot of great things about DMX. Of course, not unexpected but it was just so great to really see them 
say a lot of great things about DMX. Were you, were you about to say something, DJ Roland? Here's the thing, and I was going to, uh, and I said this about a lot of rappers. And and Charles Barkley comes to mind when you say this. Um, he's, he always says, he, while he was playing basketball, Charles Barkley, say he's not a role model. I'm a basketball player. And rappers don't say I'm a role model. I'm a, I'm a performer. I'm a rapper. I'm a lyricist. Um, all that stuff. But they're in the limelight. And people look up to them to live the best life they're supposed to be. Absolutely. And I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But, yeah, I've been judgmental of anybody who does stuff. Knowing that it's wrong, they go and do it wrong. First person I thought about. When uh, Tupac came out, Brenda had a little baby. And I'm like, okay, all right, finally another rapper coming out, not doing anything negative or showing negativity. Next couple songs I heard about Tupac, negative. I'm like, here we go again. Mm. So I'm being judgmental. But that's how some folks live their lives. But I was just being judgmental because I got tired of hearing it because it was so get about to be so many folks out there with a lot of negativity type of music. Even though it's diff- said differently and, and 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 explained differently, and whatnot, I just got to. I personally got tired of it. I want to see more positivity. In it. I like. I was more into a, like a heavy D, Kumo D, things like that, um, Public Enemy, all that stuff. Right. Because they were basically saying either something that wasn't negative or or saying truth, but it wasn't like on a negative tip dealing with violence. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I said about Tupac. Now DMX came out. He had the he has talent, and um, my sister was like really getting into him and whatnot. But I'm like, it's it's not like what it should be. It should be something. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's for depending on the artist and their life and their situation. If negativity sounds like it's best to show their talent, so be it. Um. Like okay, go ahead, do your thing, whatnot. But I was being judgmental, and and and, and like you said about Switch Beats and whatnot, mm. knowing that uh, DMX kept doing things. You he knows it was wrong, but when I'm on my deathbed, who's gonna be around me? Yeah. Um, that's being judgmental because you knew what you were doing. Knowing that you shouldn't be doing it, but you did it anyway, you got basically almost what you deserve. Mm. Keep this like keep keep playing with fire. One of these days, your ass is gonna get burned. Damn, keep you playing know? with it, yeah. and, and you keep playing with that fire, knowing it's gonna burn your ass, and then it, you, it gets out of hand. Damn, I got burned. Like damn, I gotta put cocoa butter on this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey. God, damn. I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. You gotta put Vaseline um, in. Right. You gotta yeah. do all that stuff to to repair the damage and whatnot. So here's the here's the other thing that no one has really said, and I'm wondering if they're gonna do that. Or they're gonna go up to the person who gave them those uh those drugs. I mean it might you know, person? it's those those type of things take time. It might. Yeah. They might. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. I'm, 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 yeah. I understand that in time, you know, you got to, but are they going to be really finally 
those people or person that provided those drugs because they helped this outcome. That's basically it. They helped this outcome what happened. And so they participated in this, which is already wrong, but they weren't about getting the money and whatnot. So, so I mean, well, we shall find out in a few days, maybe months, but maybe never, you know, maybe never. It's, it's, it's just a sad situation. But like I said, uh, it's between DMX Earl Simmons um, and God. God to know the final outcome of this. That's why you should, you should, you should try to live the best day you possibly can every day. Cause you never, because tomorrow is never promised and I'm blessed to open my eyes and accomplish my day and whatnot. Yeah, now see, that's just as very inspiring as DMX's daughter reciting the remake to Slippin' or Fallin'. I can't get up. Mm-hmm. That's, very that's how I ended, almost basically ended my mix like that. You know, because it's it's the truth. You, you, you try to, um, you know what your demons are. And, and, and even during the course of his time, he did get some help. But those demons were so powerful. That's the thing. The demons are so powerful that how can you overcome it? You know, no matter what you do, no matter how much um, help you get from the uh, you know a person with th- being in therapy and things like that, it's like this. I know I need to lose weight. I'm a big guy. You definitely see me. I'm a big guy. So my thing is this, I have to get up in here to take care of down here, my stomach and, and all that. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to do. I try to watch what I eat, try not to overdo it and just have, you know, hamburgers and, 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 and fried stuff uh, seven, seven days a week, no matter what. And I eat not one vegetable or anything like that. that that's like a death wish that I, oh, I don't want to be here. I want taste good and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, they make me feel good and all that and all that grease and everything. Yeah, but is it good for my body? So right, right. Yeah, and we, yeah. we're gonna do a show. Hopefully, we'll do another show about health and wellness, uh, especially with the pandemic that is still happening. Even though, despite the fact people more and more are getting vaccinated, people are still not living healthy lives or not eating things that are good for them. So yeah, you know, all of those things can contribute to your early demise. And we want to make sure that we do our due diligence to make sure that people are not only getting the right proper information, but also access to information on what to eat and how to go about living a healthy lifestyle. Like, come on, people. Two years ago, we had nutritionist uh, Stephanie Haggins on the morning show. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm still to this very day am partially vegan. True story. Mm. I'm partially vegan. I had me a veggie pizza the other day, and it tastes delicious. Yeah. 
Very good, man. Very good. Uh, so yeah. So, few minutes before the top, right here on the Beat Break Morning Show, the Beat Break Podcast. I really want to, really quick, talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the <laughs> DMX funeral that was streamed live via YouTube and other platforms. Quick update: Soul wins best animated feature film with Jamie Fox. Congratulations. Oh yeah, okay. All right, cool. He got so he got another Oscar. Yep. It makes two. Makes two, yep. And, and Daniel Kaluuya, yeah, this this has been his first Oscar win. Uh okay. get out one best picture directed by Jordan Peele. And of course, you know, Daniel Kaluuya, he also won a glo- a, a Golden Globe as well too. So he got a couple of awards under his belt you know NAACP image award mm-hmm. other awards too so yeah congratulations to all things considered black at the oscars this year congratulations without a black to host without a black host <laughs> had to put yeah. that out there yeah last person could have hosted was kevin hart hey so, man hey hey you, you still got people that's trying to stay safe out here in these streets man <laughs> You still got people. So I wonder if they're gonna yeah. ever have another host again once everything is settled. That's but, my yeah, I mean that'd be great. That would be great if I can get a phone call from ABC and they ask me, "Hey, uh, we don't have any more uh, hosts that want to come and host the Oscars. Do you think you could host the Oscars, Mister Garvey?" It's like, how much would it cost? How much? Uh, how how much are you willing to give me? Oh, yeah, well, maybe like uh, something under thousand dollars like okay i'll take it under a thousand i'm taking a couple million <laughs> hey i mean come on now like i i hey i'm not not there yet with chris rock and all them yet so hey why not uh how about uh, uh a couple hundred thousand okay you you wait on the yeah, day you, you, try, you try to negotiate that number with the the academy then and see what All happens right. see what happens because i'm like a couple thousand yeah and then next thing you know you're going to do a viral video talking about boycott the oscars because <laughs> they won't give you a million dollar paycheck yeah next thing you know you, you're another monique oh lord <laughs> i was like how many black people are going to come out saying boycott the oscars damn yeah i mean if y'all really want to boycott y'all should have did that years ago Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want me. All right, wait, wait. That's that's me getting back on my soapbox. Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah. Good, bad, and the ugly from the funeral. Heard some people say, "Huh." Well, uh, let, let's go over to you, DJ Roland, because you shared something with me offline about what your cousin said. Yes, yeah. what my cousin said. Uh, he posted. And he put this out there about Faith Evans. And he said, basically, the headline said, not my Faith Evans. And I'm thinking, like, what in the world is going on with Faith Evans? So he had no faith in Faith Evans this this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had no faith in Faith Evans. Correct. Very correct. And I'm like, what was going on? So I didn't see a picture. I didn't see a link like he normally puts out. So you can research it. 
he just put a post out, not my Faith Evans. So I went on and trying to find something about Faith Evans. And of course, it's all about her musical, you know, musical history and everything, blah, blah. Grammy winning and all that stuff. So people started commenting on his on his post. What's going on? What about Faith Evans? What what does she do? Because I was curious too. I wasn't gonna say nothing. And my cousin is uh, a lyricist. Uh, 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 he uh, he helped write some of the great songs that are out there, and he personally knows Faith Evans. He met her years ago. So basically, he finally said that she was singing at DMX's uh, homegoing service. And she did not sound good. And my cousin can sing. I'm not saying because he's my cousin. He has been across the world singing and performing. So what, I mean, what was his problem with her singing? Like, she didn't really hear It does not sound like the Faith Evans that he knows. So how does, Faith, how does Faith Evans sound then? I mean, because it sounds like the 1995, 1996 Faith Evans to me. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in his opinion, that didn't work. It didn't sound like the Faith Evans he knows. Not my Faith Evans. Hmm. So wherever, I guess she was off or something like that. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at the comparison of how Beyonce sounded great doing Kobe Bryant's homegoing service. Let's see. Yeah, yeah but I mean, it, Beyonce has to sound perfect and great every time she does a performance because of the amount of pressure she gets from the Beehive and all the critics and everybody that pay attention and listen to B, to Beyonce. So, yeah. But to give people... Uh, Evans didn't sound as good, so... I don't know if that was a comparison thing he was trying to do or or what. Okay, but, so I mean I personally didn't hear it, but he posted it and a lot of folks were like, What? Really? Okay, so so basically Faith Evans did two gospel songs. One was Going Up Beyonder. Of course, everybody remembers the song Going Up Beyonder if you grew up in church. And oh, before doing Going Up Beyonder, she did the Clark Sisters. You brought the sunshine. You brought the sunshine. <laughs> Y'all like how I hit that high note. But yeah, so she performed too. But the cool thing that Faith Evans did was she allowed her daughter, I think it was her daughter, she allowed her daughter and one of her guitar players, not sure if he's related to her or not, both of them sang along with Faith Evans. So Faith Evans did her verse. So it was on Going Up Yonder. So it wasn't on the Clark Sisters, You Brought the Sunshine. So the one that she did secondly, Going Up Yonder, she, Faith Evans did her part. Then she passed the mic over to her daughter. She did her part, which her daughter sound beautiful also. She didn't sound like Faith Evans. Let's not get that twisted. But she had a very good cadence in singing it. And she passed the mic over to the guitarist, one of the guitarists. He performed. They all did great. So it was the first time I ever seen something like that at a homegoing service for an entertainer. Like, that's cool. Like, she 
like Faith Evans didn't want to just do two songs by herself. Like she wanted to be able to pass the mic over to two of the people that were in the same room with her. And I maybe she was doing it because probably Faith was, you know, losing out of breath for a moment or needed to pause for a moment. Here's the other thing too. Okay. You said she was in a room. She was in a room. She was in a room. Right. With, that means it was virtual. Exactly. Right. It was a virtual. So basically she wasn't at the funeral. Right. And sometimes, sometimes, and if you um, hear stuff, even on verses, um, I mean, excluding <laughs> Teddy Riley and Babyface, excluding that situation. <laughs> I have to. Oh, the technical difficulty. <laughs> so what but, was your your cousin? So basically, DJ Roland cousin was saying that Faith Evans was having some technical difficulties with her vocals, and it wasn't Faith. Yes. Wasn't the Faith Evans I, that I know? Okay. I guess you know because it's totally different. Because Beyonce was at the actual homegoing service for Kobe. She wasn't virtual. We didn't have the pandemic really officially in full effect yet. And all that stuff. I mean, I think we did, or at least did it in the beginning, but we didn't know much much about it. Uh-huh. Now, since we're fully in effect of it, and, and we're going towards the end, because now we're going through the back, 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 yeah, vaccination process. So she did it virtually. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Who knows? It could be a lot of um, parameters around that, or why it sounded the way it sounded. Because until you point out that was virtual, it things could have happened. You never know, except Teddy Riley and Babyface situation. <laughs> I had to put hey, emphasis listen, on. I it. think I think Faith Evans did an amazing job. Okay, from from my observation, she did an amazing job uh, before even performing the two gospel songs. She was telling the people how. She and DMX had a very great chemistry regarding music. You know, she was on the remix to DMX, How Is Going Down, and they did another song together, and she shared this quick story about DMX showing up to her hotel room at 3 in the morning and enticing it. Yeah, hey, that's not how it went down. (laughs) 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 That's not how it went down. That's not how it went down. And, but, and, uh, uh, I mean, this is off, off um, I mean, still part of it. You still don't know about Tupac and Faith either. So we don't know. And she's going to keep that. All I can say, no, no. She, all, she, she said that we won't get off track, but she, she did clear that up in Fat Joe's blog, video blog on IG, the big, big, big show. She did clear all that up. So, yeah, if, if you want to see that, just go on YouTube and type in Faith Evans. Fat Joe, the big, big show in which she clears all that up because, yeah, there was so much speculation that was swirling around ever since that infamous picture came out back in the 90s. Right. And, so, and, yeah. and, and Tupac made a song about it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But back to <laughs> so back to Faith Evans, you know, she, she shared a quick story about the chemistry that she had with DMX on a business musical level. And uh, DMX reason for coming to a hotel room after 3 a.m. in the morning was because 
he not only wanted to pray with her, but he also wanted to do a song with her dedicating his grandmother. And so Faith Evans jumped on it, did the song with DMX, and every time Faith Evans and DMX came in contact with each other, he would always tell her that she was a vessel. Like, not, not a vessel, I'm sorry, an angel, an angel from God. Mm, you know, because it was that, yeah. And he just, he like, every time he just said, hey, yo, Faith, I need you to pray for me. I need, you know, I need you to pray for me. <laughs> oh, my hand, come here, come here. I need you to pray for me. I, I need you to help me talk to God. You know, and um, yeah, that was one of the most fondest memories that Faith Evans had with DMX. And I'm glad that she shared that story before going into her performance. And uh, that's what we saw live uh, at the funeral. Now, for those like your cousin, DJ Roland, who said that Faith didn't do a great job. Hey, you know, that's just one person's opinion. And and I know that there are plenty of people that have had uh, that looked at the performance and probably thought that wasn't her best performance and what have you. But I, you know, this is this is at someone's funeral. This not just someone. This was at DMX funeral. So it it wouldn't even matter if she went off key for a moment. She wanted to be there and take that time out of her life, out of her busy schedule, to show how much she truly respected DMX and to you know pay her respects. In the most <laughs> unique way that she knows how to. I'm like, guys, she's not performing at the Grammys. Right. <laughs> Come on. But, 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 you gotta understand this too. You know, when you perform at the Grammys, how many times are you actually going to sing live anyway? Just being real. Amen. They can stage it. And a, a quick, I mean, I, I love, I love this artist. I love her. I love playing around with her music. But Janet Jackson is one of them queen folks that have it preset <laughs> that she ain't gonna sing live. <laughs> yeah, love you, Janet. I do, but you know how it's set up. So hey, all right. Uh, some other things happened at the funeral, of course. Uh, his fiance spoke, very moving, very powerful. Of course, she cried, and you know she she talked about her fondest memories with DMX and a few other people were there. Uh, now I have a problem, and we if we're talking about critiquing, to to be fair, we got to talk about one of the pastors that came up to the stage. Yeah, this is what I want to hear. <laughs> There's this. I gotta pull. I gotta pull his pedigree up, cause I don't know him. I think he's a, like a pastor, but locally, locally, gotta be a local. Yeah, to be locally. Yeah. Uh, this is why I say that people take advantage of any public speaking classes that are available. He was messing up a few times in his speech as he was delivering DMX's catalog or better yet for a better lack of term his music history so there were a few errors that he has made as far as like how he delivered the message uh, did he, he practice made, it I don't think he practiced it I think he just <laughs> went off the fly 
to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I said. He didn't practice it. So he he messed up a few times. What what <laughs> he messed up a few times, stuttered a few times. And uh the two things that were very noticeable, very, very noticeable that gave people the side eye as he was talking. He mixed up bad boy with rough riders. That's bad. Yeah. That's very bad. You can't you can't mix up quoting, those two. He was quoting something from a person speaking about DMX on a positive level. And he said that the person who he was speaking of was on behalf of Bad Boy. And you you can hear the crowd, you can hear the people in the audience saying, oh, wait a minute. And he turned around and was like, I guess somebody corrected him and said, no, no, it's Rough Riders, not Bad Boy. He was like, oh, Rough Riders. He didn't proofread and he would not be... Um, <laughs> doing anybody's eulogy publicly like that again. He'll probably just do somebody who passed away in a local area or something like that. Because that is very, very bad. Very bad. But what's even, what is even more <laughs> bad or very, very noticeable also, towards the end of his speech, he names all the other rappers that have passed before DMX passed, you know, like, he gave his acknowledgement to hip hop artists like Prodigy from Mob Deep and Fife Dog, A Tribe Called Quest, Tupac, Biggie. The list goes on. And he didn't name everybody now. He didn't name everybody that lost their lives in the music industry, but he mentions Nipsey Russell. He name drops Nipsey Russell. In his acknowledgement towards the artists that we have lost over the years. Once again, the crowd goes. Let me play the crickets. I had to put the crickets. Here's the thing. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So go ahead. I had to play the crickets. That's how the crowd went. Somebody had to correct him again. Said, it's not Nipsey Russell, fool. Nipsey Hustle. So he meant to say Nipsey Hustle <laughs> and not Nipsey Russell. Yeah. Yeah, man. I have to say I, something uh, about Nipsey. I have to say something about Nipsey. He is so new in in the game. I'm sorry he lost his life. And he lost his life on something that it really shouldn't even happen. Because someone was jealous, and I was mentioning that definitely earlier in the program, jealous of, of, of what he is doing. Um, he was too early. I didn't know about Nipsey when he when he got shot and killed. That was just another black man got shot and killed, and he owned a uh, a store in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a in a lot in L.A. and whatnot. And I'm like. Who the world is Nipsey? I didn't hear about him. And then I'm keep hearing all this stuff about him. And I'm like, what? I'm like, he's just a young cat in the game. He's it's like um it wasn't publicized, in my opinion, 
he wasn't like commercialized with his music. And, and I was heavy into the radio at that time of his passing. And I never heard of him. He might be part of a mix show. And part of mix shows help you get noticed on um, commercial radio. And I didn't hear him yet. He was about to, maybe probably later that year. But he wasn't wasn't that part of it yet. And I'm like, okay. Nipsey Hussle did his thing. And, and uh, I just, personally, I wouldn't have said his name. That's like saying, because uh, uh, he was, I'll say he was probably more local. He wasn't nationwide yet. What's that guy who who got shot? Uh, bank Bankhead, Bankroll, no, something. Yeah, Bankroll Fresh. Yeah, he's local. He wasn't nationwide. He was local. I don't think he got nationwide uh, uh, status yet. He has the talent. He had a talent, but he wasn't nationwide yet. He was just local. Now you know what's so interesting, because we spoke about Tupac earlier. Mm-hmm. Nipsey Hussle, a lot of people definitely compared Nipsey Hussle to Tupac. I can see that. I mean, heard a little bit of his music. He was kind of somewhat of a Tupac to some degree. You know, I mean, a lot of prolific rappers will pass on their legacy to other artists in the game. That's just how it is. You know, Nas mm-hmm. wouldn't be Nas without Rakim. Right. You know what right. I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but to me, the the time when Nipsey Hussle had passed away, when I learned about his untimely death, I was like, "Wait a minute, who is Nipsey Hussle? I've heard of him, but who is he really? Like his death?" And I'm sorry, I I know I know I'm probably gonna lose some listeners if I say this, but his death didn't impact me the way that Tupac did, the way that Big did, the way that Jay Dilla did. And all the other artists, you know, Fife Dog, Prodigy. I'm sorry, guys. You know. What did I say? He was too <laughs> new in the game. But too no, it new. was not just only because he was too new. Is what he contributed to the community talking about black economic wealth and him starting his own company, his own store, the Marathon, and, and what he has done outside of the music industry as well as what he talked about in his songs which impacted a lot of people and a lot of people was like damn we got to keep this brother around because he's saying some real stuff but once again like there's other people out there tell me if you know that there is another lebron james out there people Somebody tell me. Right. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. saying that correctly. You're absolutely saying that correctly. You're, you're really breaking it down. You're looking at the comparisons and stuff like that. And uh, I'm like, um, when you're a local person and it happens to lose their life earlier than expected, you more have an impact on that community. Nipsey Hussle did not have that uh, connection to me. To um, you, yeah, because I think it'd be, yeah, fair, it'd be fair to say to you, Danton, not say it, <laughs> you didn't have connection to everybody. 
Right. I think it would be fair to say that. I definitely think it would be fair. Uh, one other thing, too, before we close out. Another thing about the homegoing service, and I think this was like a very, uh, it's kind of like with these funerals, there's going to be times where you're going to have your oops moment or your, one of your most funniest moments. So there was these two guys that came up on stage. I don't know if they were like friends of DMX or acquaintances or whatever. But these two guys get up on stage and before the pastor or, or one of the um, pastors or ministers was getting ready to do the benediction. This guy named Jungle. Whenever a guy, whoever's name, if a guy his name is Jungle, that means trouble. Wait a minute. That means trouble. It is it, got name. Back, back up, back up, back up, back up. Say that one more time <laughs> for the listening there, audience and me again. If you hear a guy who says that my name is Jungle, that means that it's about to be some ish going down. Good, right. Or, so, or something, exactly. That's what I thought I heard something you about say. to go down. <laughs> something is about to go down. If you hear someone name is Jungle. So before the pastor, not not is it was a different pastor now. Not the same one who was making the Steve who was making these Steve Harvey errors. <laughs> Steve Harvey. <laughs> not the same one who was making these Steve Harvey errors. It was a different pastor right. that was about to do the benediction. These two guys come up. Jungle talks about how he went through the same experience that DMX went through having to, you know, steal out of a out of your mom's purse and having to go into a group home or what have you. And he's going to include DMX in the story about something that DMX was involved in. I, I, I don't know the full story because he didn't really tell the full story. Due to the fact that the pastor interrupted him and he said, brother, brother, hey, listen, brother, you are disrespecting my house. This was live. So Jungle and the pastor go at it. And I was like, OK, this seems like this is about to go down just like the the G. Just like the song. Now, just like the song. How's, how's it going down? <laughs> I was just about to say, just like the Jeezy and Gucci battle at at the Magic City Strip Club right. on Versus. You know, because when you see two black men go at it, you're like, oh, snap. Oh, snap. And the cameras are rolling in real time. You don't know what's going to happen. And I was like, and I was praying to God, like, please do not show us Source Award scenes at DMX Funeral. Oh, man. Yes. God. <laughs> yes. Do not show us the 1990. I don't think a lot of our viewers know what happened back in the source time. It was well. When you talking about viewers, you maybe you probably you probably talking about you probably talking about the Gen Sears viewers. I don't know if you are talking about people that are in our generation because they know right, what happened at the source that, awards. I, I, I was in my college dorm room when I saw that happen live, and it was on Tupac's movie and whatnot. I remember that to this day where I was in my dorm room and it went down on 
that award show yeah. source. Yes, I'll never ever forget that. That was crazy. And they're gonna do this at a funeral. Yeah. But it didn't get to that extent because the, the brothers respectively came from off the podium and I, I it looked like they either went out of the um of the church or out of that room where the service was held at or they probably went back to their seats or whatever but you know the guy jungle he felt like he wasn't giving his time he wasn't getting his time to really speak his peace and what have you and you know the pastor said brother brother you interrupted my house brother like you know you can't do that that it has to be some order here's the thing and you said about order you there's a way you ended that. There's a time in church <clears throat> um, that um, and I, haven't, and I haven't seen this um, in so long because of the pandemic. It's the time where you give out a confession. And that's what I believe he was trying to do and, and do a comparison at the same time with DMX. Mm. And to me, that wasn't the right type of delivery you should try to do at someone's funeral by the confession. And that that the way you were describing it, that's what it sounded like it was doing. And and that's when the uh the reverend or pastor intervened. And and to me, it should have been a signal. <laughs> Unless he had a if he had a mic in his hand, and uh no matter what. It's the, the the audio folks should talk to whoever's hosting at the event. If something seems wrong during an event, cut the mic. That's what should have happened. And they could have said more of a technical difficulty situation, but we'll blame it on cutting the mic so certain things won't get out of hand. So it won't be broadcasted because this is not just nationwide, probably world um, broadcasted and whatnot. So it won't look so bad. I'd rather get a technical hit hit me than something possibly could have went down and is being heard. That's how people get in trouble because they talk so low or whatever and Mike is still uh, live and people are hearing or have heard what you have said. So to me, I now I'm more blame on the audio folks than what happened actually between the the pastor and Jungle. Yeah. After all this stuff been going on, I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, you've seen it all over the place. That's how people got fired and whatnot because the the mic was still on, and and uh, instead of cutting off the mic. During that time, knowing that is you gotta have that signal, cut it off, bam. It was just just my opinion. Yeah, so That's the, why I said I'd rather have it rather have that that technical hit. Yeah. So the pastor name, and I had to look it up. The pastor name is Pastor A.R. Bernard. So the man who identifies himself as jungle disrupts the respectful homegoing service for the beloved artist DMX, Earl Simmons. As he aggressively grabs the microphone, he, he did a Kanye West, ladies and gentlemen. 
at DMX's funeral. Uh, at the funeral. <laughs> he aggressively aggressively grabs the mic, not from somebody else's hand, but from the you know the the stand from the podium. And bag <laughs> and and badgers the audience, telling them how he knew DMX and and what have you, and and you know he. He disrupts the service. Like, come on, who does that? Besides Kanye West. Somebody wasn't doing their job. Like I said, they should have turned off the mic. Or or security. Right. Should have had mean, security yeah, on. I mean, I'm just going by, by how you explain it. And I've dealt with, you know, audio and all that stuff. Yeah. I'd rather hit hit with a technical issue than something that could get blown out of proportion or out of hand and whatnot. Because it's being taped live, being broadcasted live. Once it's live, and you you know you and I have done stuff live, yeah, and stuff happens. It's not like saying we wanted to happen, but it happens. Yeah. Instead of you know how some folks can go and re you know redo it and edit whatever they need to edit things like that nature. You can't do that when it's totally live, especially during any, a funeral event. Yeah. And out of all funerals, a, a funeral like DMX. Jeez. Yeah. Is that what we're really doing? Yeah. People not on top of things. I mean, I'm going by people getting fired by saying the wrong stuff and whatnot. And then Mike is still live. That's, that's what I'm going by. Because people actually got fired from that. And that they, to me, they're not learning. Either you, all you gotta do is hit hit a mute button, have a signal, like talk with whoever's in charge. They come out and they give a signal, whatever a hand gesture or some whatever the case may be. Cut the mic. That's it. Cut the mic, and 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 uh, someone else will come out. Like these are like our two or three backup mics in case something happens. <sighs> yeah, I mean, have we not learned from the nope. debate? Have we not learned from the debate between former President Donald Trump and our new president Joe Biden? No, nope. they could have. They could have easily turned off Donald Trump's mic. Yep, they but had to learn from the first debate what what <laughs> have to do, we not what not to that? do. I mean, they. they I mean. I, I know how to do that. And this is before all this stuff got out in the open and whatnot. I know how to do that. I, that's why I monitor when when I do events and, and they got the mic and, and someone seems to be like getting reckless, I hit the mute button. And I wave or or, or I even even talk to the host or hostess. And whatnot. I'm like, in case somebody's acting up, you want me to hit the mic or something? He said, yes. Mm. I either hit the mic or I turn the mic down, whatever right. the case may be. Right. Nobody, somebody, somebody wasn't on, was not working right. They, I mean, and, and the thing about it, it's that tells me either they're brand new or just don't know what the dad gonna do. Mm. Simple as that. Yeah. Well, man, it is what it is. If you want to yeah. watch the, uh, Funeral service in its entirety, including some of the antics that took place during the funeral service. 
You can go online to YouTube. We can probably try to post that on our website, BeatBreakRadioFM.com. Also, right. for people to check it out, like yourself, because I know I know you didn't get a chance to check out the entire service, but at the same time, regardless, and with the exception of those antics, the funeral was still beautiful. I believe it was still, it. It was still beautiful. Shouts to Swiss Beats for making a very beautiful speech about his brother DMX. Shout outs to his fiance, you know, even his ex wife, the kids, the fifteen kids that came on stage and uh, you know, even uh some of the people that spoke oh, I I love what one of the pastors, it was a female pastor, I'm gonna look up her name too. She got up stage and I felt like she should have talked throughout the not throughout the entire ceremony, but you know how when you attend a funeral and the mm-hmm. last person that comes up is the actual pastor to mm-hmm. carry out the funeral into the benediction until the very end of the service. Yeah, right. she should have came on and carried out the remainder part of the service because she did an excellent job, especially telling the story about how she um, talked to DMX over the phone and DMX was in a bathtub telling her that he wanted to kill herself, wanted to kill himself. I'm sorry, wanted to kill himself. And the pastor, the female pastor tells him, no, we don't need you to do that. We don't need you to do that. She tells him, Earl, because she called him Earl. Mm-hmm. She said, Earl, bark like a dog. And he did, Earl. <laughs> she said, no, not like that. You you know how you sound to you, man. We No. Bark like a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had to get damn grease, one of DMX producers, to go over to where he was at to, you know, be there by his side so that he won't do anything drastic or crazy. But you, you love hearing those testimonial stories of people that know DMX personally on a personal level and having to go through that journey with him to also make it into a a motivational moment to tell people, hey guys, listen, you young. You fifty years old you fifty years old young. You fifty years young, I mean you you sixty years young. You don't have to end your life too quick because of past situations and demons and stuff like look we've been doing shows on mental health we've been doing shows about things that i've been through whether it was on the beat break morning show or love and poetry with sharia thomas and we utilize these platforms to really get stuff of our uh, out of our chest or off of our chest rather Mm -hmm. as a way to vent and for us to get better as people and and put a message out that is okay. That is okay to put your message out to that you are seeking help, that you are trying to correct the problem and whatnot, and not afraid to do it because of your male stamina. You know, being a male, like, oh, I can handle it. I don't have to, you know, worry about that. I'll be, you know, you know, being uh, uh, putting a stigma on a person. That 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 like you seem like you're weak if you don't put it out there. I'm not seeking any help. I don't need a therapist or anything like that. I'm crazy if I get a therapist. No, 
first thing to do is to acknowledge it and to seek help. It's like, okay, look at it like this. And, and, and it's the same scenario. I have a cough and I know y'all heard it and everything and I'm getting it corrected um, by doing certain things. It's, it's getting better and it takes time. Same thing with your brain, same thing. If you acknowledge there's a problem and sometimes some other people may acknowledge there's a problem, get help, find out more about it so you can get it corrected because it's not normal. Being abnormal is when you do stuff that I would say <coughs> that a uh, majority does, do not do. You don't run outside of your house, outside of your house, but naked. Well, I mean, unless you are playing truth or dare, dare with somebody or you lost a bet. Well, you're by then. yourself. Then who are you going to play truth or dare with? <laughs> hey, man, who I got some. truth or dare with? Hey, I got some stories. Hey, if you play truth or dare, uh, virtually, uh, you can lie. You can just, <laughs> they got to know where the camera is and all Not that. Not virtually, by, by way of phone. Who's who? You could lie even better on a phone. That's what I'm saying. So. You can do it better on the phone than virtually because you still got to see the person actually do it. Right. So on the phone, you can always close the door and say, I'm out naked and all that stuff, blah, 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 come back in. They, they can't see. You can always make a door open and close sound. So Okay, D. But, uh, okay, man. Right. But, but seriously, if you are out there doing something you aren't supposed to be doing, okay, like taking stuff that doesn't belong to you, um, something's wrong. Or if you consider to be drinking alcoholic beverages from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, that's not normal. You need you need to seek some help. You got you know alcoholic anonymous. You know even people who who this is a good example right here. Eric Benet. You know he's a sexaholic. Cheating on Halle Berry. Have most considered she was considered as the most beautiful woman in the world, and you cheat on her. Halle Berry, you know, allegedly he made songs called Halle Berry. Allegedly, right? Like I said, allegedly, allegedly, okay. allegedly. Just want to emphasize you know? that, right? Yeah, <laughs> you cheat on her because you have a sex addiction. Because she's out working and stuff, and, and you home or in the studio. She ain't around. You call somebody or ask one of your producers or whatever the case may be, having sex with them. You should have just no. did what I did and just entertain yourself. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and, have, and have the uh, police police lights around so you can get the whole atmosphere. Hey, going. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey folks, woo! We had so much to talk about. Yeah. Had so much to talk about to the point where we just gonna have to do an extended version of today's show, DJ Rollum. Uh we're gonna have to run into the ten o'clock hour of the morning show. We usually end the show at ten AM on Beat Break eighty seven FM, Beat Break Radio FM dot com and Reach One Network at ten AM on Beat Break eighty seven FM. We have BV Mobile Apps Podcast with, of course, yours truly, again, Sean Garvey. They won't let me out of the studio until 
11 a.m. Well, now let me stop lying. I am still in the studio after 11 a.m. So yeah, uh, we're gonna have to do an extended You're the version. Man in radio. I mean, hey, yeah, hey, I'm the architect. I'm yeah. the architect, baby. We, we just got. We just had so much to talk about, of course. So with that being said, the next hour of the program. Well, actually, before we um, play the interview with Teos, aka Teos, win in the next hour, we're gonna take a music break. And uh, like I said, folks, today, uh, the, the, the first part of this morning's show is about MCs and how many MCs must get missed. Yeah, yeah we, we covered that. We, we paid homage to, of course, DMX. Our very own DJ Rollum did a great, amazing job putting together that DMX mix in our last previous podcast episode. And so now, um, as we getting ready to close out, what what you want to do, DJ Roland? What what makes you think we're gonna pay homage to first uh, in the next hour coming up? The the Black Rob mix because we talked a little bit about Black Rob. Actually, we're gonna talk a little bit about ba- Black Rob in the last hour of the program, uh, probably around ten o'clock. Probably around ten o'clock. Maybe around ten o'clock, or maybe around nine a.m. Somewhere around there, because we're gonna do, we're gonna, we gotta do the Teos win interview, and then we will. What's well, up to you? What you want to do first, DJ Roland? What you want to do first, going into the caffeine and energy drink mix hour? Because we gotta um, do two, we gotta do two tribute mixes this morning. Well, I mean, it all depends. Um, we we lost great legends. These are legends. Um, I believe they will be part of the uh, Radio Hall of Fame. What's that, the Radio? What's that, the Music Hall of Fame? Music, Music Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah. And uh, they will be acknowledged. I, I, don't, I don't think Tupac is not even there yet, and he's been dead the longest of the three uh, people who passed. So hopefully that these three will be part of it. Um, yeah, you know what I think we should do. Let's get into the digital underground mix first. Okay. Let's get into the digital that. underground mix first, and then we go into our interview with Teos Win. All right. As we talk about the voting law bill and the recent events that's been occurring here in this country, we definitely talked about the George. We talked a little bit about the George Floyd. Derek Chauvin case trial and uh, people have been celebrating from the outcome of the trial. Right. Yep. Derek Chauvin. I don't get found, into it, but the thing yeah. about it is I have to say this part is the first step. That's the thing. You know, we celebrate the guilty verdict, but it's the first step to make sure that here's the th- key thing is to hell hold people accountable no matter who they are, period. Accountability. Yep, I talked about yeah. that. Yep, we'll, we'll talk about that later on, about accountability, holding people accountable. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up. Uh, Derek Chauvin, guilty on all three accounts. It was breaking news last week, and mm-hmm. I started seeing people 
who have not done this dance in a while, but I'm I, I started seeing people do the bankhead bounce when the verdict came out. <laughs> and I haven't seen. It was like a celebration all over again. It was like a. I was like, damn! I haven't seen you this happy since this moment in time happened. I haven't seen you it's this a long happy time since. waiting. It's a long time waiting, yeah. and how someone said it. Basically, it's a non-shooting situation. It was not like a, a gun violence was involved. So that's what some folks have said, and that's what's making it so unique, and it's the first step. I'm celebrating that, yes, he is guilty, but we're far from, from what um, accountability is held on when people of law are supposed to be um, knowing what's best in a split of a second. Yeah. Yeah, man. Derek Chauvin, uh, guilty, found guilty on all three charges. Uh, Derek Chauvin, of course, is the former officer accused of murdering or found guilty, I should say, of murdering George Floyd as he kneeled his knee on his neck for eight or eight and a half minutes actually nine minutes minutes and 29 seconds i was just about to say yeah nine minutes and 12 seconds yeah 29 29 29 29 seconds that long damn yeah wow man long way to go people long way to go so i I gotta say this part the deep the uh, defense did a horrible job did a horrible job yeah i go get uh, uh uh one of the witnesses Go off of opinions, like mm-hmm. yeah, he should have been alive because he could have had an exhaust and all this other stuff um, in his system that could have caused his death. But you going off of opinion and nothing that you actually read about the autopsy or anything? I'm like, <laughs> this is what the defense got. That's it. I'm like. Shoot. Yeah, I would have been guilty. I was like, man, you might as well just go ahead and throw in the towel, bro. <laughs> just yeah, throw, in, I mean, like, throw, in, <laughs> throw in the towel, like in that movie, uh, like in the movie Rocky. Just throw in the towel. Yeah, just throw, throw in the towel because it's over. Apollo's going to die if you don't throw that towel. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. All right, y'all. So it's the Beat Break Morning Show, the Beat Break Podcast. Like we said, uh, we got the special tribute mix to fallen legend Shock G, Digital Underground, uh, coming up in just a few moments. Plus, uh, my soon-to-be-released interview with Teos Wynn, social activist, community activist, known around the atl very respectable i got him coming up as he talk a little bit about the voting law in georgia still taking place which got a lot of people feeling some kind of way about it and and other events circling around this country these days so we got that coming up and uh dj Roland will be back on to vent some more we're gonna vent some more about those events Including the voting law and and uh, accountability. So we're going to play that. We're going to play that coming up. And then we're going to end the show off because, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is an extended version of the Beat Break Morning Show. 
Uh, so in the last hour, we are going to do the Black Rock mix. So we got two mixes this morning, DJ Roland. Not just one, but two. The Black Rock mix. Both banging. Yes. <laughs> yes. Representing NY to the fullest. Yeah, yeah man. No, NY, NY with Black Rock and DMX uh, with those two. And we were representing uh, the West Coast. So this is my first uh, that I could think of um, publicized ah, West okay. Coast. So we, we yeah. yeah, we're going to the West Coast first, and then we're going to go to the East Coast. You're right. There you go. Hey, man, that's that's a lot of traveling right there. Hey, for one show. For one show. <laughs> for one it. show. <laughs> Where can people yep. follow you at, DJ Rollum? Always, always, always follow me at DJ Rollum on Twitter and Instagram. DJ Rollin spelled D J R O L L E M and Facebook DJ Rollin Townsend and and just letting y'all know I might you might start seeing me out in the month of May in the month of May okay. <laughs> that's what's up man yep bring it back bring it back uh, also follow me Sean Garvey Facebook, Sean Garvey, ATL, Twitter, and on Instagram. You got us until 11 a.m. this morning for the extended version of the Beat Break Morning Show, the Beat Break Podcast on Beat Break 87 FM, WBS FM in Atlanta. And uh, you can check out this part of the show on thinkingoutloudnetwork.com. That's thinkingoutloudnetwork.com. All of our archives are on beatbreakradiofm.com as well as on the podcast FM app in which you can download from the website to your android and to your iphone device and i promise you guys on the next episode we're going to try to bring back fake news or not fake news we're going to bring that back i'm not going to even say try dj Roland. we're going to bring it back all right we're going to bring it back because i i miss to be honest with you i miss reporting some of the most craziest stories to hit the headlines I believe it. I, yeah. I miss hearing that because I'm like, really? Really? Next yeah. to my fa- other favorite word is awesome, but really is how I say it. Yeah. I'm like, uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, man. You can almost do a fake a fake uh fake news uh, uh, um snippet of of, of the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really like, did jungle. That really just happened. Really jungle. Really? Really jungle. Really? You you gonna <laughs> well, what's the what's the rapper name? What's the, the young rapper where well, she's uh, she's like a rapper turned actor. What's her name? Damn, she was the rapper that went on stage when Jay Z and Alicia Keys were performing New York State of Mind and she got on the stage. Interrupted. About, I only thing comes to my mind you said earlier as in a rapper is a you know, way you're saying it's a female is Eve. I don't, I don't know no, you're talking about that. Damn, no, Eve never done that. No, sir. No, so I can't think of who else may have turned rapper into actress or act, or some type of actor. I'm about to find that out. Right out I'm about to find that out. Hold on. You about to find out. Lil Mama. Oh, yeah, okay. little mama. So, yeah. Jungle falls into she. He now falls into the category. Jungle, this person who got on stage, 
got on the podium at DMX Funeral Homegoing Service. He is now in the category with Lil Mama and Kanye West for coming on stage and interrupting a performance or service or whatever you want to call it. Interrupting an event. Interrupting an event. I can. I, I have to say this. I have to say it like this, and I can see them doing this. TMZ is gonna blow this up. <laughs> Don't be surprised if Saturday Night Live blows this up as well, too. Right. And Ken, right, yeah, because right. Keenan Thompson can play the hell out of Jungle. I'm telling you, I can believe it. Yes. Keenan Kenan Thompson is gonna get some dreadlocks. <laughs> get a dreadlock wig. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get a dreadlock. He's gonna have his boy, who's the uh, other black comedian actor on SNL to stand beside him. He's going to probably say something funny too. Oh my goodness. I I cannot wait till that happens. Like people, please stop giving TMZ and SNL something to talk about. But in reality, I know, you are gonna, you up. <laughs> I know you are going to keep doing it anyway. In a bad way, they're going to blow you up. Oh, we may, we may talk about it. You don't know, we, we don't all? really we may talk about it, but you know we don't talk a lot about celebrity stuff that much on the morning show, right? Yeah. All right, hey, hey, Jeff, Jeff, hey, Jeff, <laughs> aka Mr. Moody, Jeff Robinson, aka Mr. Moody, he's gonna talk about your ass in the afternoon show. Oh, he's gonna blast. He's gonna blast. <laughs> he's, gonna blast. <laughs> he's gonna blast. Yeah. Yeah. And he's from New York too. He's gonna blast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so make sure you make sure you check him out uh, this afternoon at 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Beat Break 87 FM and all the great shows on Beat Break 87 FM. But you won't be able to check out the BV Mobile Apps podcast after this program because we're doing the extended version of the morning show. Uh, oh, by the way, too, speaking of Mr. Moody, if we get time to roll him, we may air the we, because we now have two segments from Mr. Moody. During the morning show We have You may be a racist And you don't even know it And we also have Morning affirmation With Mr. Moody So we have time We will Sneak in A segment or two Into the morning show Matter matter of fact We probably may just go ahead And go into The you may be a racist And you don't even know it Like right now Okay Like right now Before we get into the mix Like right now Like really Right now Yeah Okay (laughs) Uh, and then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we got the news at the top of the hour with Michelle Dawes Burt and the 411 Wire with our very own Just a Touch of J with the Entertainment Report coming up right here on the Be Break Morning Show, the Be Break Podcast. So we will see you all in the uh, next hour after the mix right here on Be Break 87 FM, Reach One Network, and Thinking Out Loud Network. Sean Garvey, DJ Rollo. Good morning. The Beat Break Morning Show with Sean Garvey, DJ Roll, and the Wake Up Ladies. The only morning show where you can wake up next to more than just one woman.